This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Place to Nation Wrestling Network, welcome to the latest and dare I say greatest episode of Who's Next? I'm Andy Asman, one of your co-hosts. We're here to break down the latest month of NXT television. And this was a big month. We had the draft, so a lot of uh, superstars went up. We have some new faces kind of coming in and new storylines, new titles, not titles, but new champions going to be crowned soon. At least uh, one, possibly two. Who knows what they're going to do with uh, this one title. Uh, but I'm not here alone to break it down. As usual, I have the man, the Mississippi Mud Pie, Logan Crosland. Logan, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great tonight, Andy. How are you doing? I'm, I'm okay. I'm better now that you and I are talking some NXT. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I have been dealing with some uh, daycare drama uh, come up, <laughs> leading up to this pod, but uh, so I'm glad to be talking a little wrestling uh, and getting away from that. So Yeah, it's always – that's that's one thing we love about doing podcasts. It's like sometimes you're having a crap day. You get on with, with somebody that you have common interests with that you enjoy talking with, and for you know an hour, two hours, whatever, it goes away. Believe me, I've had some bad moods, and I've gone in and, and done done the comics pod or whatever, or the Disney pod, and just it just upslips you. That's one of the the beauties of this uh, the community and, and the people we do these podcasts with. So, you know, you just uh, leave that stuff at the door and talk about uh, you know wrestling for a little bit, right? Absolutely, and I'm looking forward to talking about these shows tonight because we had some really good wrestling, and like you said, some new stars, uh, old stars leaving. Um, so. Looking forward to dabbing into him. What's funny is too is I, I said this the the night of uh, one of the nights of the draft that every time somebody from NXT got drafted, you and I were like popping big time because <laughs> 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 we're like I'm like we're like proud parents because we've been doing this podcast now for eight months and we you know been pl- paying closer attention to a brand that we both love. That's why we started doing this podcast, and it's like really like I don't know gratifying I guess to see them uh, go on to the to the main roster, which used to be a, a, a something you didn't want to do right? mm-hmm. <laughs> with the yeah, older, yeah. but now it's the, the guy who made NXT what it is, is, is running the show on the main roster. So there's, there's hope for these, uh, for these young uh, people going up there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we, we were talking back and forth in the chat and said, we were just like, Oh, I'm so proud of them. I'm glad they finally got <laughs> what they finally deserved. Uh, we yeah. were shocked. We were shocked by a couple of them just cause, of the you know title situations, but um, we'll get into that because I think some of it's kind of foggy. But uh, like I said, we'll yeah, and there were one or two head scratchers. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, know, really, really? <laughs> <laughs> that guy who jobs every week is going on. I, I, I guess they need jobbers <laughs> for the house shows. <laughs> <laughs> that level up legend is going up. I'm just gonna <laughs> yeah, well, it's not wrong. Look, yeah. they're, they're, you know what? There, there's worse things in life, I guess, to do. So <laughs> you know, you're getting paid to do this and. Wins and losses don't really matter. It's all about you know, have, you know, getting paid to do wrestling. Come on. But all right, enough about that. So they they titled the episode on April twenty fifth, Spring Breakin', which they like to do things like that, and it opened up with a highlight reel of a picnic being held where various NXT stars talk about the card that night. So we got the first match is the D'Angelo family. We got Stax and Tony D versus Pretty Deadly, Elton Prince and Kit Wilson in a trunk match. 
So they brawl on the floor to the inside. Family gets in control. Body blows and knee lifts, stacking them up, taking them down. The family retains control. Trash can shots take pretty deadly out. They set up a table, scooping them up. They float outside and post stacks and Tony, moving the table over and up the aisle and into the entrance. Channing takes down Wilson, mounted punches, but D'Angelo takes Prince down with a wheelbarrow. Back body drop puts pretty deadly into the ball pit, and Lorenzo hits a, a boogie board assisted senton. And then we go to break. <laughs> I know these write-ups. Come on. The family is in control. Taken pretty deadly into the ring for chair shots. Turn things around. Sidestep a hip toss. Stax goes into a chair in the corner. Loaded punch takes Tony out. Working Channing over. Putting him up in the tree of woe and stopping away. We get spilt milk on the floor as the assault continues. They drag Stax into the trunk and shut it. But then they have to get Tony D in. Tony D walks over and he opens the trunk while Lorenzo has a fire extinguisher. Sprays him with it. Crowbar puts Kit in the trunk. Elton is blind and gets slammed to a table. And Prince goes in the trunk. And the D'Angelo family win by putting Pretty Deli in the trunk and closing the lid. So I thought this was a, a fun kind of um, schmoz here, you know, kind of a, a, a kind of a mess. But Pretty Deadly obviously is uh, on its on their way out uh, at this point. At that we that we we're we're guessing. And um, what do you think of this match? Yeah, this was a good weapons brawl kind of street fight kind of style match. I love that you you, you had to say ball pit and boogie board somewhere in that description <laughs> of this match. Uh, both happened. Uh, th- that is a real thing. It happened. There was a ball pit. There was a boogie board. But um, I just loved uh, loved hearing that. That's awesome. But um, yeah, I, I thought this one was really good. I, I was uh, wondering how this would kind of work. It's basically an ambulance match, but it's like the mobster version. You're going to throw them in the trunk and then take them out and, uh, you know, quote unquote get rid of them so uh yeah i I thought this worked really well i've really enjoyed uh stacks and d'angelo as a team lately i really think they've gelled really well together and i think they've kind of emerged as one of the possible contenders to gallus going forward and yeah this is pretty much effectively it seemed and it i kind of think it ended up being the the end of pretty deadly in nxt it's sad to see him go they're one of the top teams uh they usually always uh, entertain us so um Happy for them uh, to get a bigger opportunity because they deserve it. Um, but sad to see them leave because I know that they could have had so many more great matches with some of these teams. So, but yeah, yeah, I I think I messaged you uh, when they when they drove off in the trunk like up. Oh, they're on their way to Raw SmackDown. That's where they get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, we're pretty. Dead. I I do would love to see them uh, stay more, but I don't think there's really much more they could have accomplished. So getting them on the bigger stage. Uh, was really a, a thing for them. They were, it was time, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, absolutely. That, that, yeah, that's what I thought. So then we get Tiffany Stratton rolling up into the arena, cutting a promo about how she's going to take her spot in the center of the division tonight. Andre Chase is deep in thought when Duke Hudson rolls up to him, tells him it's too late for thinking. It's time for action. He says Braun Breaker is an animal, a wrecking ball, but he's Andre Bloody Chase, a beacon of hope to thousands of students. And it's time for him to stand up for all Chase you. He gets Chase fired up, says he's going to give Braun Breaker an Andre Chase university-sized ass-whipping. We go to break. We come back. We get Andre Chase versus Braun Breaker. Braun hot out of the gate. Shoulder blocks. Whip across. Another shoulder block. And Andre's in a bad way. Pressing the attack. Military press slam sets it up. And then Braun Breaker wins by submission with a Steiner recliner. Pretty quick. Pretty effective. Kind of continues on the, the I guess, the dissension or the whatever Duke's ulterior motive is here with Chase U and gives Braun another squash as a heel. So I thought this was effective 
uh, I, I do love that they're they didn't call Braun up. I mean, obviously, I think we're um, a little ahead of, of when the the draft right now because you know time is is a weird concept. And <laughs> but I do love that they're giving Braun a chance to to be a heel and kind of uh, work on that side before coming up to the main roster and being kind of just another guy, you know, so to speak, like getting lost in the shuffle because there's a he has to he'll have to leapfrog over a lot. I think also that could be why they're doing it right now, and they'll probably see which side of the roster they they'll they'll need him more on when the time does come for them to bring him up, and they're trying to see if they do have that option. Uh, what do you think about this match, though? Yeah, I, I think the match was effective, like you said. It was supposed to be getting over Bronze Hill character, kind of uh, you know playing playing up with the crowd, kind of you know shitting on them and stuff like that, but. Uh, you know, Chase had his hope spot some, somewhere in, the, in there, uh, but, but this was mostly a squash for Braun to uh, get him over, um, kind of get him back in that, uh, his focus back on the NXT Championship and going after Carmelo. Um, but yeah, I, you know, we were surprised Breaker wasn't one of the people uh, drafted, uh, but I do also get it, and I think they've kind of admitted that they're kind of doing this test run heel turn, uh, you know, and this heel character um, to see if he can kind of handle uh, doing that, or if he's just going to be a uh, white meat baby face his whole career, um, but I think he's done it well so far. I think it's uh, I think it's really worked for him. So um, we'll see how much that uh, is the case going forward. Um, but I, I've enjoyed it so far. All right, we get a backstage interview about to happen, but Dijak comes out screaming through to beat Dragonoff down. He tries to slam a loading bay t- door closed on him and succeeds after a struggle. Then we get to our next match, which is Corey Jade versus Lara Valkyria. We have Valkyria punching away, kicks in the corner, boot up on the charge, up and over, handspring, hip toss, fired up, springboard cross body, cover for two, and we go to break. Back from commercial, Cora is in control with a wicked kneeling surfboard, counter into an arm drag, rising knee into the corner, cover for two, blocking punches, big slap, rolling soul butt, knee, axe kick, northern lights, rolling northern light suplexes, Lyra makes a comeback, ripcord knee, cuts her off, blocks the knee, and back body drop to the floor. Back inside, Valkyria up top, missile drop kick connects, bridging Fisherman suplex for two, small package, still two, block a kick, heel trip, underhooks, duck a lariat, handspring into an enziguri, and Lyra's fighting. Lyra, Lyra, Lyra. Uh, Cora rolls away from the soul butt, tries to bring a kendo stick, but Valkyria cuts her off, chop block sets her up, and Cora J wins by pinfall with the DDT. I really enjoy uh, Lyra Valkyria. I think she's a, kind of a spitfire uh, her kicks could be a little, uh, could connect a little cleaner, I think, in her matches. But I definitely see a big upside with her. Cora, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of wondering what, what they're doing with Cora. I mean, she does, she does win this match by, by heel tactics. But I, I don't know what's been like, kind of going on with her the last few months because you kind of saw her as like maybe the possible you know, person that was going to take the title off of, of Mandy back when Mandy was still champion. Right. Um, but you know, ended up being Roxanne. You thought maybe she was going to feud with Roxanne. No, she didn't really get a shot at Roxanne. So, and now she's kind of, uh, in limbo, obviously she's going to be in the tournament. Um, and we'll see what happens with her in, in the tournament that we will touch on in a little bit. But, uh, what do you think of this match? And what do you think of, of, uh, Valkyria so far and what's going on with Cora? Yeah, I think Valkyrie is uh, 
got a ton of talent or a ton of potential. Um, I think she, uh, I think like you said, she could connect on her. Uh, she could be a little crisper with her kicks and some of her strikes and stuff like that. But uh, I think she definitely has a ton of potential. Um, Cora, I just, I don't know. Ever since she came back, I'm just not really into her matches for some reason. I, I just, I, I don't know if she's working like slower or I just, I don't really know that she's like, I think she's got the character of the heel down, but I just don't know that her style uh, in ring really fits her being a heel. So I, I think it's just kind of a weird thing that she's still trying to figure out. I think the NXT brass are very behind her. Uh, I think she's definitely going to be a contender or uh, possibly maybe even the next champion after the uh, uh, tournament that you kind of alluded to what happened in the uh, following weeks after this episode. Um but um, I, I just I haven't connected with her since she came back from uh, the whatever injury or whatever she was having going on uh, for those months that she was out between like Halloween Havoc and uh, whenever she came back a few few weeks, months ago. Um, but, yeah, I think Valkyria has a ton of potential and I think Jade has a ton of potential, too. But I just there's been a disconnect for me uh, with her uh, since she came back. All right. So we uh, we go to see we see Carmelo Hayes and Grayson Waller both walking backstage separately. Then we come back from the commercial. We see Tony D and Stax driving and chatting while Pretty Deadly bang, bang in the trunk. They pull over. Tony D tells Stax to check. He slams the trunk lid on them a couple times and they drive off. Then we get our next match, which is an NXT championship match. Carmella Hayes defending against Grayson Waller. And we get, you know, we're going to fast forward a little bit into the uh, the second half of the match. We got Waller working a half crab, fireman's carry. Carmella slips out, kicks the rope, sets up fade away and lands it true, but his leg is hurting. Face breaker off the ropes with a boot, rolling elbow from Grayson, gets a super kick, double lariats, both men down. Waller falls into a clever cover, just misses back and forth. Hayes is fired up, imploding springboard DDT, doesn't get the uh, the pinfall. Waller presses the attack, fireman's carry spine buster. Then Grayson gets the stunner, but Mello rolls to the floor, setting the champion up on the announce table. Waller off the top, elbow drop through the table, back inside cover, but Carmelo Hayes won't stay down. Waller to the floor, hanging Hayes over the bottom rope, throw first. He stumbles on the rolling thunder, and the champ hits a super kip, and then he goes up top. Carmelo Hayes wins by pinfall with nothing but net, retaining the NXT championship. Post-match, we got Hayes calling out Braun Breaker, tells him he wants another match at NXT Battleground on May 28th. Braun comes down and spears Trick Williams out of his boots in the ring, and then smashes Carmelo through some of the ring set for good measure. I, I really like this match. Uh, this was kind of also, again, another swan song, so to speak, with uh, Grayson Waller. Because we we knew May- Hayes wasn't going to. If, if if Waller didn't win back, uh, you know, a couple of months ago, he, he wasn't winning the NXT championship before he uh, he sails on. Right. I thought it was a fun match. I do uh, like them, you know, continuing to have uh, put over Braun with putting people through barricades or going through things. And this was this looked pretty badass when he when when Hayes went through. So so what do you think of the match and then the post match uh, beatdown? Yeah, the spear through this uh, like the balcony, uh, the bottom part of the balcony was pretty awesome. So uh, I, I won't deny that. Um, but uh, yeah, the match was fantastic. Uh, I, I'm it makes me happy because it was so good because I love both of these guys. But it also made me sad because we're probably not going to see it again until Mello eventually gets up on the main roster. Um, kind of like you alluded to. Um, 
I, you know, I was when they and when they did the fatal four way to qual for Waller to qualify to have this title match at Spring Break, and I was kind of surprised he won because I thought I thought Waller would hang around and maybe until SummerSlam time or yeah. something like mm-hmm. that, and they would have a big match like leading into SummerSlam weekend. Uh, and that would just be kind of the feud over the the, the uh, summer and the t- towards kind of the fall. Um, but you know, I, when it when they did it, I was like, yeah, either Waller's going to win here and Mello's going up, or vice versa. So um, I think Mello staying down and being the champion a little bit longer is definitely the right call. Um, but yeah, I thought this was fantastic. Uh, but like I said, it makes me uh, happy and sad because I, I we probably won't see this one for a couple years uh, after this point. So. Um, but yeah, I thought it was fantastic, and the post-match brawl was awesome. Yep, and we get a uh, Roxanne cutting a promo about her history as a wrestling fan. We get a video package about the the ongoing saga with Briggs, Jensen, Henley, and James. <laughs> <laughs> and we go to break. We come back, and your favorite guy, Joe Coffey, is on the phone. When Joe Gacy rolls up, he says, "Schism has the pulse." <laughs> I know this being I was being facetious. Uh, <laughs> he says that Schism has a proposal for him. Ava Rain rolls up alongside him, says they want a fair match for the dyad, and after all, Gallus didn't beat their boys, they beat the Creed. Gacy proposes a match for next week, where if he wins, the dyad gets another title shot, and if Coffey wins, they'll never challenge again. Joe Coffey accepts. Ava reminds Gacy that he needs to get his, too. And we get a recap of a Braun, Spear, and Carmella through the set, and it moves on to a mixed tag, Brooks Jensen and Keanu James versus Fallon Henley and Josh Briggs. We get the guys to start. What do, what do you think of uh, Brooks Jensen, like, dressed like actually a wrestler for a change? I, it definitely took me off guard. I was, I was, uh, he, uh, he a very tan fellow, so he was uh, quite pale in those uh, little trunks that he had on. Yeah. He looked, it, it, uh, he looked like uh, Dollar Tree uh, Terry Taylor from WCW, it, so. It, yeah, <laughs> it was kind of off-putting to me. <laughs> I really, I was, like, watching the match, like, oh, my, I, I don't know if I'm going to. I, I don't know. <laughs> what am I watching? Wait, let, let's just say I'm glad it kind of isn't sticking around as we'll get through through this match. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was very short lived. This uh, whatever this this character <laughs> change was. But we get the uh, the guy starting. We get Jensen taunting, collar elbow, breaks with a shoulder block, drop down. He catches Brooks with a jawbreaker, whip to the corner. Then we get Brooks to the floor. Women tag in. Henley hits a Luthez press, back elbow. James with a waist lock, standing switch, mat slam, sidestep to the splash. We get a collar elbow, struggling big knee lift. It's the corner shoulder blocks from Kiana. Back handspring to show off. Fallon clobbers her with a lariat, sliding to the floor. Jensen runs interference. Briggs meets him, and Henley clobbers James to the apron. Fallon knocks her down, but Brooks catches her and uses her to kick Henley. And then we uh, skip forward a little bit. with We got Brooks with a spinning heel kick. Both men down, face to face. On their knees and to their feet, throwing chops. Josh ducks, ducks a lariat, but Brooks catches him with another, another lariat. Another lariat, swinging brain buster. Josh Briggs kicks out. Then Keanu James throws in the bag. Briggs ducks, and he clips Kiana with the bag. She yells at him, and turn, he turns around and found Henley and Josh Briggs. Win by pinfall with a lariat from Briggs on Brooks Jensen. Post-match, Brooks tries to apologize to Kiana, and she tries to slap him, but he blocks it. He says he thought she loved him, and she says she never loved him and storms off. Briggs is there with a hand on his pal's shoulder. Brooks lays his hand to his chest while Josh comforts, comforts him. So, yeah, this this match was was fine. I'm glad we finally got pretty much the blow-off to this saga. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I do like Josh Briggs. I think he's a big hoss. Um, 
whether they'll stay together in a tag team for the duration is another question. I mean, Fallon and, and Kiana, they're total polar opposites. The frenemies thing was was working slightly, but I never really got behind it. So what do you think of the match and the blow off? No, I thought this was surprisingly a lot better than I thought it was going to be going in. The the two guys really beat the crap out of each other. You talked about a couple of lariats uh, throughout there. They really laid them in with each other. So um, as good as a tag team as I think they can be and I have been uh, uh, to this point, I think uh, this opened my eyes to how good of a team that they could possibly be in the future as well. And even if they do eventually break up, they could have a hell of a singles match with each other. Um, I thought Fallon was pretty good in this match as well. Um, you know, Kiana's Kiana is Kiana. I, I don't think she's gonna ever going to be great, but she, She's solid. Uh, she's kind of a. She's kind of like Zoe Stark to me. She's solid, but she'll never uh, probably get past a certain point. Um, but that's just me. Maybe. Um, I, I thought everybody uh, brought their A game in yeah. this one, and I, I'm 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 glad to see Brooks, Briggs and Jensen uh, get back together, and uh, hopefully they'll put on some banger tag matches going forward. Yeah, I think Kiana's good, but I yeah, like I, I don't think she'll ever be in the uh, the top. Uh, echelon i guess of a women's division i mean she's fine and she could double as a as a manager <laughs> as we've seen mm-hmm. so yeah. that she has that also going for her because she's got the character part down pretty pretty good unlike Absolutely. zoe who's pretty much just you know good in the ring <laughs> i'm a good wrestler i'll face you that sounds good <laughs> yeah <clears throat> so then we get a couple of interviews we get dragon lee and then we get scripts appearing on the tv behind him says next week we'll find out who between him and Axiom believes in himself more. Then we get Indy cutting a promo in a mirror. Yeah, I know. Then we get NXT anonymous footage of Sol Ruka being dragged behind some glass doors and beaten down to uh, write her out television, I guess, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Then we get Oba Femi. Oba Femi, Femi, I guess, versus Oro Mensa. Uh, Oba is a ginormous mountain of a man. <laughs> and he's he's kind of green, though, but he's he's not mm-hmm. bad. I mean... Basically, this is a, a match to um, to put Obafemi over. I mean, there's nothing really of, of note in this. He hits uh, he hits the last ride though, which was a pretty decent move to give him. Uh, what do you think of uh, his, uh, his his debut here? Was it his debut or was it uh, his uh, second match? I can't remember now. No, this is his first match for okay. sure on NXT. He's been on level up for a while, but um, yeah, he's just a force. He's an absolute hoss, just a brick shit house. Just you know, he, he's gonna absolutely bowl people all over and throw them around and stuff. But I, I was more sad for Oro Mensa in this one. I, I feel like he came in with a lot of hype uh, when he first came in. He was in the North American uh, ladder match at a uh, Halloween Havoc, I believe. Um, when they were crowning the new champion after uh, Solo won it and had to vacate it, um, but yeah, he he's fallen a hard on hard times because he's losing to these uh, or one of these uh, level up guys that are getting the kind of the call up from that show uh, to the big NXT. So, um, but yeah, he looked. I, I thought Obafemi looked awesome. Um, obviously, he's very green. He's not going to wow you with anything. Um, really uh high uh, really high flying or anything like that he's just gonna beat the shit out of people so um i, I think he was impressive uh in what little time they gave him but uh, i i was really came away more sad for oro Mensa in this one yeah yeah you feel bad for these guys like that you know are, are relatively new and mm. then they get 
to end up ending losing or even getting squashed by uh, somebody else that's even newer, somebody that they need to uh, kind of uh, build up a little bit more. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, that's that's part of what NXT is, though. It's mm-hmm. it's like trial and error, and nothing mm-hmm. nothing really sticks because they can. It's much easier to heat up somebody, I guess, in NXT all of a sudden. So I think uh, yeah, the crowd, give, uh, crowd's big, more forgiving there. Big, big body Javi than I had off too. He, he's usually the one that gets creamed in these kind of matches. So uh, they finally gave him a break. Yeah, yeah. Remarkably, uh, we don't see big body Javi uh, all that much in these four episodes. So uh, we're, I'm grateful for that. <laughs> so we get we get Gigi coming out, commentary, cutting a promo on JC Jane, pledging to make her life a living hell. And furthermore, her little brother will be at ringside so we can watch her kick JC's head in. Next week, and we get a Charlie Dempsey and Drew Gulak interview backstage, and then we and we get Tiffany Stratton making her entrance. We get Tyler Bates chatting up with Wesley, kind of like uh, being all buddy buddy, and we're gonna see what that leads to. And then we get our our main event, which is the Triple Threat Women's Title with Indy Hartwell defending against Roxanne Perez and Tiffany Stratton. So um, we kind of fast forward a little bit into this match, and we get. Um, Tiffany uh, hitting a dive, a second dive for Indy, following up with a diving crossbody for a near fall back in the ring, drawing Hartwell up, body scissors, guillotine choke, side Russian leg sweep blocked, Indy draws her up and clobbers her with a short arm lariat, maintaining uh, wrist control, another lariat, Perez ducks a third sunset flip, Stratton breaks it up with a double stomp and gets a near fall on her own, putting boots to Roxanne off the ropes, Indy counters into a pin, drop kicks into the champion to the floor, Tiffany up, Senton, Atomico to the floor, and we get Indy Hartwell hurt on the floor. Stratton takes Perez inside for kicks. Corner lariats, big falling lariat, but doesn't get the uh, pin. Reverse chin lock applied. Grounding Roxanne, hard whip into the corner. Boot up to the ropes as Perez makes a valiant stand. Turning her around in the corner, being her down. Back body drop to the apron. Perez up top, perching, diving cross body. Tiffany rolls through, hossing her up. Roxanne floats over. Schoolboy pin, not enough. Jockeying for position in the turnbuckles. Perez hits her with an avalanche, Frankensteiner. Then we get trading strikes, a suplex reverse, small package for two. Roxanne goes for another cover, and Indy Hartwell hobbles back in, breaks it up. Covers May, trapping Perez and Stratton both in the ropes for strikes. Spinebuster to Tiffany. Roxanne breaks it up. Stratton hits the moonsault. Indy pulls her out of the ring, falling elbow. Indy Hartwell wins by pinfall with the falling elbow on Roxanne to retain the NXT Women's Championship. Uh, This was a great three-way. I felt... You know, Indy showed so much heart here because she gets legit hurt mm. in the middle of this match to the point where I was reading online like after that they almost had a had a had a title change happen because they didn't think Indy was gonna be able to come back out. And I believe it would have been Tiffany that would have taken the title. So good for Indy that she kind of uh, is going to get to uh, not to jump ahead again, but to go out on her own terms, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And not, you know, because of an injury. Uh, so, what do you think of the match? And then uh, Indy miraculously coming back out after having a uh, a knee injury. Yeah, I thought outside of a couple of uh, kind of wonky botches uh, throughout this match, because uh, Roxanne does like one of those like double arm drag where she jumps off the ropes, and they got like real tangled up, and it just looked real bad. It made its rounds around Twitter. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure everybody's seen it at this point. Um, and then obviously the uh, the moonsault uh, or whatever kind of dive it was to the outside that uh, 
ended up pretty much hurting Hartwell because her leg kind of got caught under and her ankle kind of bent the wrong way. So um, I haven't heard if she actually broke anything or if it's just like a real bad sprain or anything like that. But it's definitely a legitimate injury because you can watch the replay back and it's pretty it's pretty gross looking. Um, But other than that, the match was really good. I think uh, when Stratton and Perez kind of had to improvise. Uh, when Hartwell went out, I think they really did their best in a, a tough situation. Those two girls are super talented, and uh, I think they'll definitely a couple of uh, one-on-one matches, uh, maybe even coming up soon, um, uh, going forward. And I think uh, I, I think both girls are. I, I think Tiffany has to pretty much be the next champion because I think she's starting to uh, starting to become one of those that. Uh, kind of a Lex Luger type where she's getting all these opportunities and she keeps uh, falling a little bit short. So mm-hmm. uh, I think she finally needs to uh, achieve the big, the big one. Um, but uh, yeah, these two girls are going to be great uh, going forward. And uh, sad Hartwell get hurt, but um, she, uh, she's a little, uh, a uh, good good treat next week. So uh, yeah. th- there's that. <laughs> I never thought I'd have a uh, Lex Luger Tiffany comparison, but there there we go. We've had it. Um, <laughs> All right. That one on your bingo card. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, whoever had that, mark it off. All right, so then uh, we cut back to the D'Angelo family down at the docks. It's heavily implied that they threw pretty deadly into the sea, which is actually a crime. Pretty bad one. Tony said they did some <laughs> business tonight. Now it's time to celebrate, and they get back in the car, and they drive off. So that was uh, the last we saw of Pretty Deadly, and that concludes the episode. We move forward to the NXT show from May 2nd, and then we start off with Drew Gulak, versus Wesley for the North American Championship. We actually get a little recap, though, at the top of all the NXT talent that got drafted to the main roster over the last few days. And uh, we could talk about that towards uh, towards the end of the pod. But um, we get Charlie Dempsey and Tyler Bate seconding their men here. And we get Dempsey quickly getting involved, running interference. We get Lee with a drop down. Gulak catches him with a sunset flip for two. Grounded kicks into a double stop, jockeying for position in the turnbuckles. West rolls through and lands on his feet, and Drew lands a diving lariat. Then we get a grounded Cobra twist, wrenching it in. Lee fights out, trading punches, snapmare, drop kick to the sh- shoulders, out and back in. Charlie pulls West out of the ring, but Tyler dives on him to even the odds. Lee with an uppercut, slingshot, back handspring, and Wesley wins by pinfall with the cardiac kick. So I thought this was a fine match. I mean, it was the right amount of time. You know, he knew Drew Gulak wasn't going to win it, but. I, you know, it's a lot of it too is also, I guess, building towards something else, and and Drew and and Charlie Dempsey, who I'm not really catching on. Charlie Dempsey, I'm not really. I I, I mean, I don't I don't know. There's something there, something there that I'm kind of like eh, on on him. And Gulak is is fine, but uh, I you obviously know that they're going to build to Wesley and Tyler Bay at some point down the road. But what do you think of this match to start this episode? Yeah, I get. I think it was a good little technical match. Um, it's just another notch in Wesley's belt. He's uh, has these really good uh, matches on TV every week uh, in these uh, North America title defenses. Yeah, I'm. I've been kind of disappointed at how they've tr- uh, they've uh, treated uh, Gulak and uh, Dipsy to this point. I thought they were going to be a little bit bigger of a deal. Um, then, you know, I, I feel like in these episodes that we'll talk about tonight, including this one, uh, they kind of start to kind of use them a little better. Um, but yeah, like, like you said, it's, it's, it's not very easy to catch on, 
uh, with either of those guys because I feel like they'll use them for like a week and then they'll disappear and then they'll use them for like a week and then they'll disappear for a few weeks. So um, maybe this this round will get them a little bit more uh, regularly featured. But yeah, like I said, another notch in uh, Wesley's belt and another solid little technical match that he had to Gulak. All right. So then we get a recap of Carmelo Hayes defending his title last week at the post-match challenge from Braun Breaker and the Spear. We get Trick Williams walking backstage before we go to break. Back from commercial, we get Alva Fire and Ila Dawn, Vignette, where they talk about their cryptid witchy way about going to SmackDown and having one last unholy seance on the way. Then we get Trick Williams in the ring and on the mic. He basically calls out Braun Breaker, who comes down, and he ends up, uh, you know, uh, uh, giving him a message to him and cut. Uh, it says Mel is watching through the TV. And last week, Braun blindsided both of them. He wants to handle it like men. Braun says there's only one man entering. He'd hate to do the same thing he did to Mello than to his mouthpiece. Trick says he isn't a mouthpiece, but Braun's going to need one. He's just mad the crowd never liked him, and they do like they do Trick and Mello. And he'll beat him uh, black and blue, and they job out. But Braun does heel 101, says he's calling the shots, and the match will be next week. So, you know, continue with the, uh, the character development here, and and Trick basically, uh, you know, we had Mello off selling the injuries. We got Trick in here to kind of uh, continue it on. And so, so what do you think of the uh, the heel work here? Yeah, I, I, th- I thought this was a really impressive uh, segment for Trick. I think he came across really well, made him feel like a big deal. But yeah, good, good, uh, more good uh, heel work by uh, Braun, uh, really coming across as a real piece of shit. And uh, I, I think. Uh, this is a match on paper that if you presented it to me, I probably would have been too excited for, but I think they uh, made it seem like it was uh, uh, going to be a big deal and it could be uh, a pretty solid contest between these two. We get J.D. McDonough interviewed backstage. He says he's waited 21 years to be Monday Night McDonough, and you better believe all of the haters. And then we get Noam Dar rolling up, asking J.D. to pop a kneecap, rip a ligament for all time's sake. So Dragon Lee doesn't come after his Heritage Cup. McDonough gives him some advice. Stay away from him because if he pisses him off, He'll take that cup to Raw with him. Then uh, we move on to Gigi Dolan versus JC Jane. Dolan sends the action to the floor fairly quickly. Uh, Jane trips her up, cannonball off the apron. JC takes some time to taunt Gigi's brother before going back inside with a lateral press for two. Arm ringer sent on. Kick to the spine, mule kick only two. A little back and forth, training super kicks, flash round kick from Gigi, staggering JC off the ropes. In the turnbuckles, Jane reaches Gigi's arm into the post and gets a bloody forehead, and J.C. James wins by a pinfall with a kick. And we get post-match, Jane kicks her again, takes her to the floor, throwing her into the steps, beating her up in front of her brother. Referee swarm and get her away, and she yells at Gigi's brother some more, and we go to a break. So, again, J.D. is another guy we both love. Uh, We're happy for him, but we're kind of sad that, you know, we're not going to see him on the regular here. So what do you think of the J.D. Noam Dar uh, interaction and then the uh, GGJC match, which I, I don't know how I feel on this uh, this feud right now. Yeah, I'm happy for J.D., but, yeah, kind of sad to see him go at the same time. Um, I definitely think he deserves it, and I hope, from what I've heard, they kind of do what they're going to do with him, uh, just rumors on the Internet and stuff like that. I, I'm excited to see maybe that happen. Uh, but I liked their little interaction with uh, Noam and him. They had some matches for the Heritage Cup in NXT UK that were really good. So, um, and that nice little tie back there. Um, and yeah, this th- these uh, matches with Gigi and JC, they kind of had a shorter match 
uh, a few months back right before uh, Stand and Deliver that, you know, it seemed like it was a part one of like a series. Uh, but this one kind of felt the same. Uh, it didn't really feel like they did a whole lot. And somebody on Twitter pointed out that everything like Gigi, everything Gigi Dolan, I love her to death. But everything she does is in like absolute slow motion. It's just like so plotting and like, you know, you can tell that she's like lining up every spot that she's about to do. So um, she's uh, kind of fallen off <clears throat> my power rankings, I guess I'll say, uh, as, as far as people who are going to go forward and be big big deals in the division, but I don't know if these girls just don't have chemistry or something like that, which obviously they had chemistry as a team. Uh, cause they were very, very good at that. But, um, yeah, these, they, they, they haven't had two very good matches here. I, I think this one was slightly better than that first one, but that first one wasn't very good either. So, um, and I, I, I kind of don't like that they involved Gigi's brother here. Cause she ate kind of seemed, uh, out of place in this. Um, the one thing I did like is I, you know, she got, she bled uh, hard way. I don't think that was uh, you know I think don't think that was on purpose or anything like that. But that kind of did make look, JC look like a badass. So uh, I did like that part of it. Yeah, I don't know, but part of me is like the looking at how this this feud has has developed between the two of them. Would you break them up still? I mean, <laughs> I, I they, they were like a solid established women's tag team, and we know that the women's tag division especially on the main roster, is a mess. So thinking about that, it's like, it's not as, I don't, I wouldn't say unnecessary, but I mean, it had to happen at some point. But I mean, unnecessary is like when you talk about um, uh, Peyton and, and Billy, right? Um, but this, I don't know, this feud has not been what I had I thought it was going to be, I guess. Maybe because yeah. we haven't gotten the matches the matches haven't delivered, I guess, as as much as we we'd like them to at this point. Yeah, I, I just yeah, like you said, I don't think it's been what we kind of thought it was going to be, and I think they just could have been so much more effective as a team. I think they could definitely, you know, if they're going to keep these women's tag titles around on both brand or on both on NXT and on uh, the main roster because they keep you know they keep flipping it back and forth and they've vacated a few times lately. Uh, you know, if if they're gonna keep it around, which I kind of wish they would get rid of them because they just don't book it very well. Um, but if they're gonna keep them around, they could use a team like these two were, uh, and they were very good as a team. Um, and I just don't know that these two have a ton of potential as singles at, at this current time. I, I, I don't know. I, you can't really force them back together, but. Um, they definitely need to do something different with both of these girls. Well, it's like, you know, comics and stuff like that. Like, you know, you, you could retcon stuff. I mean, they could always, you know, reunite them when they get brought up to the main roster and just kind of like say, hey, yeah, that was all. That's all. Wonder Water Under the Bridge, whatever. They could they could find a way to do it. And, and wrestling fans sometimes have short memories. So, yeah, that's I true. Mean, they could always do that in, in a pinch if need be. I mean, you have people that have like blood feuds. I mean. Well, the, what, the feud between like Savage and DiBiase, and then all of a sudden, you know, Savage is a heel and he's the Macho King, and he pr- gets presented with his scepter. It's like, oh my god! Uh. So it's <laughs> like, you know, that happens. That's happened forever in wrestling. So they could still. I mean, I think we'll see them back together at some point. I don't think. I don't think it'll be in NXT though. Yeah, definitely. It, it could be uh, uh, on Raw or SmackDown. All right, our next match: Axiom versus Scripps. <laughs> 
Scripps blindsides Axiom during his Double entrance. <laughs> I know. We get a bell, right hand. Uh, with block, Duck Lariat, springboard, roll through, drop kicks, cover for one. Waist lock, back bride drop into a cross arm bar, but Scripps gets the ropes. Tripping Axiom off their aprons, corkscrew flip, nails him. Scripps takes him back inside, cover for two. Whip across, Axiom with his sleeper hold. Scripps breaks his grip. Back elbow, up in the corner, caught moonsault off the top. Axiom kicks out. Axiom dives into a drop kick. Scripps lines him up, but Axiom has him scouted. Big knee, still no. Sidestep the golden ratio. Cartwheel cross body. Scripps up, 450 splash, but cut off midair with a super kick. And then Axiom hits the golden ratio. Post-match, Axiom offers Scripps a hand. He takes it, but drops Axiom with a punch. Axiom gives him one in return, tears his mask off, and lays him out with a kick. And nobody makes a big to-do that it's Reginald under the mask, which was kind of odd. So so what do you think of this match and the unmasking of scripts? There was a faint Reggie Chan in the craft. Yeah, faint one. <laughs> I'm just playing. Um, but, you know, this is, again, one of those, if you presented it to me on paper probably three or four months ago, I would have been like, yeah, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit watching NXT at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Axiom's coming to his own. I feel like we've gotten a little uh, bit more behind his hype uh, uh, lately. I still don't think we're, like, super high on him or anything like that. Scripps still stinks. Uh, Reggie. Uh, Scripps still stinks as a character. I think Reggie is a good worker in the ring. Um, I think the uh, the crappiness of the gimmick kind of overshadows that for me sometimes. But uh, they weren't given a ton of time. This match went less than five minutes. But I think they did good work in the ring. Uh, for what it's worth. Uh, but uh, with the unmasking of scripts, maybe this is the end of this character and we can only pray that it is. Yeah, I hope so. Mm-hmm. It did not, it did not hit. Mm-hmm. Not at all. I don't know if it was the wrong guy or the mask being like so goddamn ridiculous. I, 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 I don't know. So, well, they so just, that, you know, you listen to the like vignettes of when he was coming in, it was like, this big intimidating voice. And I, I guess that's to throw you off, but like you get all that. And then it's freaking Reggie in a lucha mask of freaking uh, <laughs> Jeff Hardy, Willow mask. And yeah, uh, Kai, that was basically black, so, yeah. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, just not very good and poor decision overall. <laughs> these, these angles don't always, don't ever work out. Do they GTV, uh, you know, the anonymous raw general manager. I mean, nothing really pans out in the end, right? Whenever we've had these, have you can you think of one of these where there was a success? Nah, the, yeah, the higher yeah. power, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. No, nah, I can't think of one. Um, we have that NXT anonymous going on right now, so yeah. we'll see what that ends up being, but maybe that one will hit. Uh, but we'll see, <laughs> yeah, we had the. What the hell was it? Retribution. That was another one that uh, yeah. mm-hmm. that kind of fell flat. So yeah, this. Uh, when are they gonna learn? I don't know. So we get the <laughs> uh, kind of the uh, I guess the end of the drama chapter with whole, the whole uh, Jensen uh, Briggs thing where he rolls up to apologize to Fallon and Josh, but they say he's family and he's all good. Thanks him for not dropping him like a brick. And Briggs thanks him for reminding me, reminding me how hard he hits. Fallon says everything is back to the way it was and looks through bills and Brooks says he learned a few things from Kiana. Maybe Henley's folks can use the value of their land to make some investments and get set up for life. Then we get two girls tapping Brooks on the shoulder and ask him if he wants to have a drink, but he'd rather hang out with his friends. Aww. So then. He, he's grown from being a horny little boy. Good job. 
Yes, and and, <laughs> and he's he's absorbed all that financial knowledge from Keanu. Oh, James, absolutely. Right. <laughs> so so then we get uh, Dragon Lee versus JD McDonough. We're going to fast forward a little bit into this match with McDonough having a body scissors in, back elbows break the hold, and Lee crawls into the corner off the ropes. Tierra sends JD to the floor. Then we get back inside, double stomp, McDonough kicks out, trading chops in the apron, rising knee from Dragon Lee, but JD hits a Death Valley driver on the apron. Then we get uh, McDonough back in, Dragon Lee beats the count, big shots, running hot, JD takes his head off with a lariat, back and forth, Lee hits a Liger bomb, but McDonough kicks out, up in the turnbuckles, trading headbutts, McDonough in the tree of woe, but sits up, standing, Spanish fly off the top, JD follows it up with a brain buster, but Dragon Lee won't stay down. Flip pile driver connects. McDonough rolling to the floor. Noam Dar tries for a cheap shot, but shot, but Dragon puts him down with a super kick. Back inside, JD with a head putt, pulling him up, and wins by pinfall with the drag with the devil inside. Post match, we get Lee attacking Dar, and they fight up the ramp. I thought this match was really good. I, again, it's like sad that that JD is 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 going up, going up, but he's going to have some really great matches up there with a, with a number of guys. That's that Spanish fly was really pretty awesome, and I was, I guess, I guess the you know the reason was to forward move forward the Dragon Lee Noam Dar thing, but I was a little surprised that JD gets the win here. Uh, so what do you think of the match? Yeah, usually in these situations, the guy that's kind of going away uh, does the does mm-hmm. the honors for the new guy. Um, I don't think it hurts uh, Dragon Lee at all to take the loss. Um, I do think. Uh, he needs to get this win and this feud with Noam Dar, though, because um, he has taken a couple of losses on his way in. So, uh, But it, it doesn't hurt to lose to JD. JD's going to be a main roster talent. He's going to be a main roster talent for a long time. Uh, I honestly think this is one of the best matches we've seen throughout the whole pod as a whole. Uh, I thought this was just super crisp. They hit everything with a ton of force. Like you said, that Spanish fly was awesome. The uh, he hit uh, Lee countered a the devil inside with a Canadian destroyer that was absolutely sick. Uh, just uh, a ton of great moves, a uh, ton of high paced action. The crowd was on fire for all of this. So, yeah, may, maybe you could say that uh, maybe JD should have done the honors, and that's the like black mark on this match. But I, I think it ended up uh, being all right. And Dragon Lee will uh, definitely come come out of this uh, looking a lot better, and I think he'll uh, have some success coming up for sure. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. So we get uh, Kid Carter and Katana Chance hanging out backstage talking about their tag title match. Now, unique it is for a Raw tag team, which is them, and a SmackDown tag team, which is Hila and Alva to be fighting for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship. The schism meet backstage, and Joe Gacy talks about how he's going to suffer for their collective good. Back from commercial, we see a video package of all the NXT women who have been attacked over the last little while. And we get Joe Coffey versus Joe Gacy. A match that Logan was looking forward to. Obvious <laughs> match of the year candidate for him before he even sees it. So, Not a big fan of the Joes. <laughs> no, 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 no Joe. No Joe. So we get uh, Coffee ramming him into the corner, but Gacy turns him around with a pile of lariats. Knee lifts from the Gallus man. Mule kicks in the corner. Schism picks the leg, but Coffee lands a hook. Crossbody for a near fall. Kick from Gacy. Block the ripcord. Knees up on the senton. We get a big rock bottom from Gacy, cover for two, whip to the corner. Coffee with uppercuts and forearms, whip reverse, duck a lariat, shoulder block. Gallus gets a belly-to-belly suplex off the roast for a near fall. Back suplex gets schism a near fall. He runs into a jab from Coffee, drop kick off the rope. All the best of Bell for Bells, and Rip Fowler pulls Joe Casey foot on the ropes. 
Gallus and the Dyad are getting into it on the floor. Jagger Reed eats all the best of bells, and Coffee turns around, and Ava Rain plays Eddie Guerrero. Gacy is ready. Joe Gacy wins by pinfall with the upside down, earning the Dyad a tag title shot against Gallus. Backstage, we see Diamond Mine watching. Ivy Nile is sick of Ava Rain interfering in matches, so she storms off. I mean, I thought this match was fine. It was kind of a, a Haas fight and was meant to, to propel us to getting a, a tag title match coming up. So I thought it was fine. Um, you know, I'm a little higher up on Joe Gacy. I have not seen enough of Joe Coffey to, to have a, a real informed opinion on him like Logan does. But, I mean, I thought it was it was fine and the story work was, was good here. Yeah, this was fine. It was very short. It was only like three minutes, uh, so you, uh, that kind of surprised me that it was short as it was. But like you said, it's more to push the tag uh, part of this forward, uh, the match that the Dyad's going to get with Gallus uh, uh, the next week. Um, so it was more for that and more to kind of, you know, get over Ava as kind of the she's she's the deciding factor in most of these matches you know she with with joe in it at least i I don't think she does a ton for uh the the tag team but she seems to always be the uh the the deciding factor in the matches that joe has so um she's definitely playing that part real well um but yeah it, it was fine but it was it was too short to be anything really impressive um it's probably good for these two guys in my opinion that it was pretty short because uh, if they had gotten too much longer it probably would have bored me to death but uh, <laughs> yeah I mean yeah it's fine yep and we get uh, Saul Ruko checks in with her pal Danny Palmer doing splits as she's going to win it for her and we get Hank Walker and Tank Ledger rolling up to pep talker and Oba Fenmi rolls up to be imposing um, am I silly am I getting a um, kind of a, a new version of of uh what's it called damn it now heavy machinery heavy machinery from these guys are you getting that kind of vibe here from these two yeah a little bit because tank is kind of the wacky like chunky guy that just you know does all the weird hand movements and stuff like that um and then hank's just kind of the straight man and so yeah i definitely get that vibe um but yeah the great the great team of hank and tank (laughs) yes uh, I, I did enjoy having machinery in their time. Now I gotta tell you, I do. I do love Otis. There's, there's, how could you not, really? <laughs> yeah, true. Very true. <laughs> uh, back from commercial, we see footage of Eddie Thorpe talking about how he's been training lately. While Damon Kemp, my least favorite guy, rolls up to give him some garbage to throw away. I just, I just don't get him. I like, I just don't see the personality in the ring. He's, meh. it's just, uh, it's just okay, and. You know, then we that's going to obviously set up a uh, a match between the two of them later. We get Danny Palmer versus Tatum Paxley, and we get Paxley with a waist lock. Palmer picks up a leg, death drop, death lock reverses. Tatum reverses block, big head scissors take over, kip up into a pin. We get a side headlock applied, wrenching it in. Paxley shoves her off and clubs her in the back of the head. Boots to the corner, gut red suplex, cover for two, shove off, overhand chop, mat slam, big sma- big splash, cover. We get a crossface with a knee to the back, shift to a cobra twist, reversals, duck a lariat, spinning leg, spinning back elbows from Danny, rising knee sets up a neck breaker, Paxley with an O'Connor roll, kicked out, German suplex connects, Palmer up, Danny Palmer wins by pinfall with a frog splash. I mean, I thought this was fine. I mean, Paxley, I thought we were probably going to see a little more, but she's one of those, and I, I mentioned them earlier, for like how long did we see, you know, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay basically be almost enhancement talent until they really start finding their characters and then they put them together they became the iconics i see that with paxley paxley has 
a lot of growth ahead of her. And I think she'll be fine. Danny Palmer, very athletic, uh, you know, a level up uh, mainstay, I think. Uh, I, one thing I don't like is I, there's too many people using the splash for the finisher right now. Uh, she's using it. Lyra's using it at times. I, I don't I don't really love it for her, but I thought she looked uh, okay. I mean, there was rumors of her and Saul going to be a uh, tag team, but obviously with Saul getting injured, uh, that puts the, the kibosh on that for now, but... So, uh, what do you think of this uh, this match between these ladies? Yeah, Danny's one of those, another one of those that I think she's one of those college athletes that they kind of got on an NIL deal or something like that. She's super athletic. Uh, she can do some athletic stuff, kind of like Soul can. Soul's obviously a lot bigger than this girl is, but um, I think that's kind of why they wanted to team them up together because they're kind of kind of the same style, kind of you know come from the same background a little bit. Um, but yeah, Tatum Tatum's going to be the you know. She's going to be the girl that loses these matches to these uh, kind of new girls as they kind of factor into into TV. Uh, she's a good she's a good hand. Um, I hate to use that term, but um, I, I feel like that's kind of where where she is at this point. Um, like like you said, she you know if, as long as she plays a role and does what you know what's best for business for a while, hopefully they'll pay her uh, pay her forward uh, as in the end or as she uh, advances through her career, but. Uh, yeah, perfectly fine match for Danny here. She showed some athleticism, um, but uh, I, I think I think both of these girls have a good bit of potential. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, look at um, uh, Caden Carter. How long was she getting squashed for until she finally got uh, yeah. put into a tag team? So yeah, they they got to pay their dues, right? Yeah, I mean, they got to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just look at like Angelo Dawkins. Like he was in NXT from like oh, the, God, begin- yes. the beginning <laughs> until like 2017, 2018 when. Uh, Montez Ford finally came in and he hit big and now he's in one of the best tag teams uh, on the main roster. So, I mean, if, if you, you can't ever give up, you just got to got to keep doing what you're doing. Uh, if they give you something, you have to do it, do it to your best of ability. And sometimes it gets over. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, there you go. So we get a Chase U vignette with uh, Thea Hale uh, having a panic attack about Andre Chase not being in class today and Duke Hudson springs in action to take control of the class. And he uh, leads on a quiz about the uh, the draft, and talks about uh, that that what a nice ring Duke University has to it. <laughs> <laughs> then we come back for commercial. Robert Stone is looking through the Von Wagner family album. Wagner narrates the history of his dad in the Beverly Brothers, and Stone finds a picture of Von as a messed up looking baby. But Wagner refuses to talk about it. Stone looks at the pictures more closely. We see that baby Von had a big old suture across the dome of his head. So. Where that's going to lead, I don't know. Uh, we get our main event, which is the women's tag team title match with Alba Fire and Ela Dawn defending against Katana Chance and Caden Carter. So uh, we uh, we move forward a little bit, and we get to uh, the the ladies. We get a double team. Uh, gets a near fall on Alba. Front chicanery. Fire kicks out. We get Caden with a boot. Katana, a shoulder thrust. Assaulted assisted moonsault, but the knees are up. Kick to the ribs. Tag to Dawn, Lung Blower Hold, Fire Off the Top, Sentana Tomiko, Carter Breaks It Up, Code Breaker stag- Staggers Ela, Carter Tags In, Chance Off the Top, Neck Breaker 450 Combination, and Alba Breaks It Up. All four women are in, brawling at once, Fire with a Super Kick, Katana puts her in a corner, Boot Up, Jockeying for Position Up Top, Caden Tags In, Double Spanish Fly, Crossbody Takes Dawn Out, but Fire Uses Chance as a Weapon, Powerbomb Lift, Ela Tags In, and Alba Fire Win by Pinfall with the KLR bomb, reverse STO combination, 
Akatana Chance to retain the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship. So, I I, I don't know what they're doing with these titles, right? Because these are yeah. obviously, you know, we we've danced around the draft a little bit, but uh, you know, when it started on SmackDown, we got Ila Dawn and and Alafar getting drafted, right? And we're like, oh boy, so they're dropping the belts to uh, Carter and Chance, right? And then Carter and Chance get drafted to Raw, so it's like, what's happening here? No idea. This match was was pretty good. I do really enjoy the team of uh, of Fire and and Dawn. Yeah. I, I I mean, I I I don't have high hopes for Caden and Carter on the main roster. I think they'll be fine. I mean, I think they'll be you know in the Rumble. They'll be in, you know be heated up you know when needed to be to to be a challenger here and there. But I, I, I don't see um, that much of an, as much of an upside of them on there outside of being like, uh, as you don't like to say, like good hands, mm-hmm. so to speak. But I, th- I thought this was fine. I did like the double Spanish fly and I, you know, and, and the champs look good here. So I, I, I think they're going to be really uh, make a difference on uh, SmackDown, the two of them. But what do you think of the match? No, yeah, I think Fire and Dawn are definitely going to be a big, big deal on the main roster going forward. Uh, and I, I also kind of feel the same about uh, Chance and Carter. I feel like, you know, like you said, they'll be the team that if they need to heat them up to make them the challenger of the month for the women's tag champions, they'll, they'll do it. But th- up until they were champs in NXT, uh, I don't think that they were presented too well. Uh, before that, but obviously they were champs. For, they're the longest reigning uh, NXT Women's Champions of all time, so that they they had a pretty nice run. Um, so they obviously uh, kind of found some something, and uh, the fans got behind them for sure with the you know the the crazy entrance that they have with the uh, smoke guns and stuff like that. Dancing, so, yeah, but I, I get kind of an Adam Rose vibe. You yeah, know what I mean, or No Way Jose, like that dancing, partying stuff in that really small room. Yeah. it'll work. Will it work in a big arena with a different crowd every week? Because that's the thing too, right now, uh, you know, NXT is not touring for their for their program. Yeah. So you have the same crowd. It's kind of like a known thing. It's mm-hmm. it's like their thing, right? So are you are we going to see that on on Raw? I I don't know. I mean, I I maybe I'll get proven wrong. Hopefully, but. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that one. This one. That one's really a wait and see. I think. Yeah, it, it'll. It, it. It. They probably won't get super over. Uh, kind of like they were at points during this run. But. Um, but you, you hope for the best. But. Um, may, maybe not expecting the expecting the best at the same time. Oh, but as far as the match win, I thought it was real fast paced. It was pretty chaotic. I felt like there was a lot of cool spots, uh, a lot of a lot of good work in there. I I love the uh, double team finisher that uh, Fire and Dawn have. I, I think that's a really good one. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought the match was really good. Um, solid way to kind of see both of them off uh, NXT TV as they both got drafted. But I think they mentioned that um fire and dawn are going to keep the belts and then they can kind of float between smackdown and nxt so that's going to be kind of a weird thing i kind of wish they would either just vacate them or again just get rid of them because they just don't put enough focus on it to make it uh, uh, make it worth having around so 
Um, we'll see where it goes going forward, but it's going to be kind of weird to see them kind of float back and forth if that's really what they're going to do. Yeah, and it's going to be, a, I think it's going to be some time too before they have like a team that in NXT that they want to, uh, you know, have the belts on, right? Yeah, I, don't exactly. see, I, I don't see anybody. I mean, we did get, um, to, to kind of go aside a little bit, we did get a, uh, another, not an official, I guess, call up, but like a debut there to be squashed on SmackDown this past week with Fire and Dawn doing their, their debut match on SmackDown. They took on, um, uh, Faraz, Valentina Faraz, and, and the other one, the one that's back from the injury. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, Yelissa Leon. Yeah, and they, they pretty much got squashed, but, you know, maybe they could be the team to uh, take them. They're maybe. really only established team, unless we get something like a, a Roxanne uh, Lyra team or something like that I could see. I don't really know anybody else that's really could be paired up right now based on you know, the roster and the injuries and who is doing what at the moment. Yeah, they got a lot of injuries on that women's side, and you know, like you said earlier, like Danny and Soul could have been a team, but Soul tore her ACL, so she's going to be out for at least nine to ten months, you'd think, maybe even a year. So, yeah, I just don't like with those two teams leaving; those are the two established teams, and there is literally just a bunch of girls. I mean, I think that uh, Jakara Jackson girl and Lash Legend are a team, but I think they're like exclusively on level up right now, so I, I don't. They could be building them up, but I don't think they're close to uh, being championship level. Yeah. Uh, and, so. and they have Electra Lopez with somebody right now also on level up. I've caught a couple of uh, glimpses of. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of like people there. It's just a matter of like, you know, I, I've never and, and this goes for the men, too. Like, I've never been a huge fan of like just having two people together. Like, I like I want my team to have a team name. I want them to have matching tights. I want them yep. to come out together. That's tag team to me that's what got me into wrestling the british bulldogs at wrestlemania 2 that was really my that was like oh my god these guys are awesome and look at this look at the way they work together and everything like that i've always had an affinity for tag team wrestling but i like tag teams like obviously you get your edgy christian or you get your uh you know your your rhino heath ledger whatever heath ledger heath Heath slater (laughs) what a freaking slip he's got kids I got kids, um, <laughs> but uh, no, but you know, you know what I mean? Like I, I like to see them like they could have had, I, I've talked to twice. I third time I'm talking about them. They could have had Peyton and Billy just as them too. No, they made, they made them into the iconics. They put them together like that. You know, they need, that's what I like. And that's, that's what I think is kind of missing from, from tag team wrestling these days. But that's like my little soapbox for a second. Yeah, anyway. yeah, I mean, yeah, they need to like establish like a team needs to establish themselves on that kind of level up stage, and then immediately go into like NXT TV and be a team, maybe have a name, uh, but like always be presented as like they they are best friends, they are they are associates, they are gonna go after the tag belts, just you know straight from the beginning, but. Uh, too often they just are like, oh well, these two could be tag team champions, so let's throw them together. Yeah. So uh, after this, we get a uh, DiJack promo talking about uh, what a beating-handed uh, dragon off earlier. We get Indy uh, walking backstage on crutches, and we get back from commercial. Trick Williams meets Paula Cruz in the parking lot. Cruz just wanted to tell him he sees potential in him, thinks he can have the place. Uh, take the place over. He's the definition of a superstar. He better not let that talent go to waste. I trick thanks him. They embrace. So Apollo Cruz is headed back up to the uh, the main roster. Mm-hmm. Then we get Indy Hardwell in the ring, mic in hand, 
talking about when she first came to the Performance Center years ago and uh, how she formed a family with The Way and that she, uh, you know, couldn't believe she won the title of Stand Deliver. And lots of folks say they want to be a fighting champion and you don't always get to prove it. But last week in the trans room with a high ankle sprain, she said, hell no, and ran back out there, said she wasn't going to let the title reign end on the medical table. Then came Friday, she got drafted to Raw. It's been a few days, she still can't believe it. But right now, just like when she walked through the PC doors, the most important thing is NXT and this title. And starting next week, there'll be a tournament to crown a new champion ending at Battleground. And she says she lives by the don't cry because it's over, smile because it happened. Mantra, she holds the title in front of her, gets emotional, kisses the main plate before saying it down in the ring, hobbling off, wondering how she's going to leave the ring. Then we get Dexter Loomis sliding out from under the ring with a thumbs up to help his wife leave in dignity. Then we see a manicured hand reach down, grab the title, and another grab it elsewhere. Corey Jane, Tiffany Stratton tug of war for a moment before the ring fills with the entire women's division brawling, which I really love that because it shows like that mm-hmm. they when they do these on NXT, it shows how hungry they are with the you know with the NXT stuff with other title chases they've done, but. Uh, you know, I think I might have messaged you like I'm. I'm. Not, you're crying. I'm not crying <laughs> with the whole indie promo because I thought it was so nice. It was so sweet. I, she earned it. Yeah. I mean, it was a surprise that she won the belt, but we were very happy for her. And you know, we because we knew she was like she was one of those like it's time for her to go to the main roster. But maybe she got this as a uh, you know a transition. It, it didn't end the way you know we had all wanted for her. But she did a real. Her goodbye was so nice. We get the, uh, you know, Dexter thing, and then you know, it leads right into the rest of the roster. You know, who's going to take it? Who's going to claim it next? And I think we get the, uh, you know, we show who the who the who the top candidates are pretty much off the bat. But mm-hmm. so, what do you think of Indy's promo? How many Kleenex did you need? And um, what do you think of the uh, of the the women's division going forward? Oh, I went through the whole box when uh, Dexter carried her out, and she gave the big thumbs up. So, <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Um, yeah, I hate that she had the injury, and that's kind of a little bit why she gave it up. But I almost feel like it. I feel better that it ended that way, and she didn't have to lose because I I think they gave it to her as a thank you for being the stall. I mean, she's another she's another testament. Like you were talking about some of these girls that are not doing much right now, but they're you know, hanging around and uh, doing doing what they're, you know, kind of let are told to do at this point in their career. But, uh, you know, Indy hung in there and hung in there. She finally became champion. They they appreciated that she was there and they gave her this run. I, I, I you know, you don't ever want to see anybody get hurt. Um, but I, I do think it's kind of an effective way to transition away from her because it would be tough to have her lose um, and then go to the main roster because it kind of seems like, you know, if she can't beat these girls, how is she going to beat the girls up, up on the main roster and stuff like that? But, yeah, she definitely needed to end up on the main roster. She, you know, it seems like they're kind of uh, reuniting most of the way. Uh, I think Theory obviously won't be involved because he's kind of his own own guy now. But uh, it seems like they're doing um, the way 2.0. Um, so, uh, yeah, it'll be awesome to see them all back together. All right. So that uh, that ends this episode and we move on to the NXT show from uh, May 9th. And we open with a recap of Indy Hartwell relinquishing the women's title. We get the participants of the NXT championship tournament are arrayed on the stage and Tiffany Stratton uh, and Gigi Dolan get inset promos throughout. They're going to win the tournament before starting us off in the first match. So we get Gigi Dolan versus Tiffany Stratton. 
We get some back and forth, double stomp, uh, Stratton C at armbreaker, C, C at armbar, double stomp to the hand, hammerlock, GG sidesteps, cover for two, arm ringer, trading strikes, stolen with lariats, front kick, Tiffany wins with a double arm knee, ar, knee armbreaker, Stratton then follows it up with a back handspring elbow, roundhouse kick, GG tries for a cobra twist, it gets blocked, Tiffany with a Finley roll, double jump, and then wins by pinfall with the double moonsault, double jump moonsault. Uh, I thought it was a good start to the match. Uh, Tiffany obviously is our favorite going into it. Uh, Gigi's kind of treading water. I mean, just I think because of the whole JC feud that, you know, unless you're going to put those two in the finals, neither are going to going to uh, advance far in this tournament. Uh, what do you think of this opening match here? Yeah, and I, I, after the two matches they've had, I definitely don't want to see them fight for fight over a belt in a, in a final for a tournament. So, yeah. Um, yeah, like you said, Gigi's kind of treading water at this point. Uh, Tiffany's definitely one of the favorites. Um, she had she now named the uh, the moonsault uh, the prettiest moonsault ever. So, a little uh, little homage to Christopher Daniels calling it the uh, best moonsault ever, but she <laughs> has the prettiest moonsault ever. So, um, I, I like that little. A uh, little bit of homage to, to Daniels there, but um, I, th- this match was fine. Um, obviously, Tiffany was definitely going to win going in. She she will at least make the finals, uh, I, I think, if not win the whole thing. So, um, yeah, I, I I thought it was all right. It wasn't too anything too great. Gigi, kind of like I said earlier, isn't really impressing me. She's kind of it feels like she's kind of in slow motion a little bit. I don't know if she's demotivated or something like that, but uh, hopefully she turns it around uh, going forward. But uh, this was all about Stratton for sure. All right. So then we get uh, Gallus, uh, Mark Coffey, and Wolfgang versus the Dyad, Jagger, Reed, and uh, Rip Fowler for the NXT Tag Team Championship. We're going to cut forward a little bit, and we get Fowler keeping Coffee in the corner, tag to Reed, boot up and over, super kick, and a throat. A thrust cuts Mark off. Jagger with a front chancery, grinding him down, back body drop, shakes him off. Wolfgang tags in, cleaning house with strikes, stampeding Reed into the corner, whip across, big crossbody, diving, double axe handle, scoop and a slam, big senton, and the Gallus man stands tall in control. Tag to coffee, big slam, only two, deep folding press, not enough. Gallus boys with a tag. Ava Rain gets up on the apron. Catapult and the delay is enough for Reed to hit a DDT on coffee. Tag to Fowler, Ivy Nile at ringside, beating Ava down to the point where the Creed brothers have to pull her off. Gallus get it together. Gallus wins by pinfall with a boot of doom on Riff Fowler to retain the NXT Tag Team Championship. I thought this was a really uh, good match. Uh, I do love the uh, former Grizzled Young Veterans uh, and Gallus. You know, they have a nice contradictory style, so to speak. You have kind of like the, the faster, more technical guys. And the, the brawlers, the whole Ava Ivy thing is is interesting uh, going on back, sta- back uh, you know, ringside and, mm-hmm. you know, getting the creeds involved in this, too. Um, I don't know. I thought this was, was a good match. I, I, I really, you know, I know the dyad is uh, they said they're going to leave when they're when they're um, when their contracts up, which I think is sometime in the fall. But I would like to see these guys uh, get a run with the belts. But. You know that's the that's the kind of the opposite of the women's situation. There's 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 a few good uh, men's tag teams that any of them could be holding mm-hmm. the belts right now. So uh, what what are your thoughts on this match? Yeah, absolutely. And you know uh, they've they've all but said they're probably leaving whenever their their contract runs out. I think it's in like September or October, something like that. Um, 
but it's good to see that they're not demotivated or anything like that. They're showing that they still care, uh, but they just kind of want a different environment or, you know, something to that effect. Um, but they, you know, they could really mail these matches in, but they're not, they're working their asses off. Although this match was really strong. These guys have had chemistry from, you know, we talk about NXT UK all the time, but they had matches in NXT UK that were really good. So, um, they had a ton of chemistry coming from that. Um, but it's good to see the dyad guys really, really, uh, given that they're all, despite the fact that they may not be all in on the characters that they're playing currently, or that they're in all in on the company as a whole. So, um, it's good to see that they haven't, uh, quote unquote, given up at this point. So, um, but yeah, really strong match. Thought it was really good. All right. Very good. So we get Chase U hanging out backstage and big body Javi is making trouble, but Duke Hudson tells him not to even go there. We go to break. And we get a video package back from commercial of somebody watching all the attacks on the NXT women lately on a bunch of monitors. wonder where this is going to go. Um, hmm. So then we get uh, Duke Hudson versus Javier Bernal. And we get a collar and elbow into the corner. Hudson shoves Bernal down. They go around the ring and back in. Big body lays in some stomps. Javi taunting. Duke off the ropes. Shoulder block. Scooping a slam. Bernal begs off, but kicks Hudson's leg out of it, out from under his leg. Uh, big DDT. <laughs> I, I'm like the way they wrote this. Big DDT sliding lariat cover for two. Stomps reverse chin lock applied. Duke powers up, elbow side slam, and a little flip flop and fly, and a lariat and a senton follow. Slingshot to a German suplex, up for a power bomb. Duke Hudson wins by pinfall with a razor's edge. Um, you know, Duke kind of needed to have a uh, a squash, so to speak. So and Javi is always good for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know uh, exactly where they're going with this uh, attacking on the NXT women, but I get they're using the injuries uh, to their advantage at least to uh, help uh, move the story along. Uh, what what are your thoughts on this uh, Duke uh, Javi match here? Yeah, the Duke Javi match was obviously a squash to uh, get Duke a big uh, Duke a win, uh, make him look good, squashing a guy. Um, so uh, that's always an effective way to kind of get momentum behind somebody. Um, as far as the women watching the video, um, I, I want to say I saw on Twitter the other day that they had, uh, like <clears throat> Danny Palmer had a match at a live event or something like that. And they had somebody that was like in a ski mask and, you know, black shirt, black pants attacker. So it's obviously going to be a person at some point. I, I think they're starting to kind of imply that on the live events. So I, I don't know that they got into that on TV at all <clears throat> at any point. Uh, in what we're going to cover tonight, maybe they'll talk about it tonight uh, on tonight's episode as we're recording on a Tuesday. Um, but uh, yeah, hopefully that unveils itself uh, soon. But I, I'm interested to see who it might be. Hopefully it's not another uh, scripts debacle, but uh, we'll, we'll see uh, uh, as we see who it and it might end up being. Yeah, I, I, I have a thought which I'll. We could talk about, we'll probably talk about it on our next episode. It might even be revealed by the time we uh, record it again, but I'm, I'm not, I, I hope that the thought that just popped in my head is, is incorrect. So, um, <laughs> Robert, we got Robert Stone and Von Wagner walking backstage. They do an exercise where Stone asks for his favorite things before whipping out the picture of Von as a messed up baby. We got uh, Von's refusing to talk about it and then beats up some guy who was right there with a smart ass remark before mocking Stone's choice of pistachio ice cream as his favorite. We get a Eddie Thorpe making an entrance. I don't know. Gallus are walking backstage celebrating their win. They run to the Creed Brothers with Ivy. Gallus tells them to stay out of their business. Bickering ensues, and they talk about having a fight. 
And we get Damon Kim versus Eddie Thorpe. <laughs> I, this was a match. I'm like, what do we? I mean, Eddie Thorpe. I kind of think like, I like, oh, okay, he's he's our our, our new uh, more serious, better looking version of Tatanka. So um, <laughs> you could collar an elbow. Kemp with a side headlock, arm ringer, and arm drag. And Thorpe is feeling it. Waistlock takedowns from Damon. Eddie gets to the ropes, and Kemp breaks dirty by pie facing him. Side headlock shot off. Off the off and over duckle area headlock takeover to the ground on Damon. Damon Kemp reverses headlock takeover zone off the ropes. Lee Frog big cross body takes him down. Thorpe with chops suplex denied uppercut slingshot jackhammer. Then we get mounted forearms raining him down. Death Valley driver for two. Grounded Cobra twist whip across back elbow solba enziguri big boot German suplex Thorpe off the ropes. Eddie Thorpe wins by pinfall with an elbow drop. I mean I think elbow. Eddie Thorpe is fine. He's athletic. He's he's got a good look. And, you know, I like. I, I kind of actually like his character. I mean, he's going with his heritage, but it's not in the cheesy Tatanka way. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm okay with that. Damon Kemp, just put him in a tag team with Javi, so we could just get them both out <laughs> at the same time. Uh, what do you think of the, of the match? Yeah, like uh, Kemp needs to be in like a faction and not talk very often because his no. voice is like. Uh, He's like Jack Swagger level. Uh, I I always liked Jack Swagger in the ring, but anytime he talked, it was like, nope. I'm yeah, out. he he, he was the Alexander Wolf of. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> diamond, diamond mine. mine. <laughs> but yeah, I think Eddie has uh, some potential. I think he had some really good matches on uh, level up before he started being featured on NXT TV. So yeah, Kemp needs to be kind of the silent type that's in a faction that's kind of a you know the. The problem is, is you can't really book him as a bruiser because he's like super short and like stocky. So I don't know. Uh, I just feel like he needs to be the silent kind of, you know, beefier guy uh, that's in a faction or something like that. Like keeping him with Diamond Mind probably would have been smart instead of splitting him off and making him his own guy. Because, yeah, I can't I can't stand to listen to him talk. So if he could have been like their silent guy that, you know, came in and wrecked shop or something like that, that could have been more of an effective way to use them, but yeah, Thorpe I, I think has some potential, but Kemp is uh yeah like you said just pair him with Javi and they could just get killed by everybody. <laughs> there you go. So we got uh we got a Braun interview in the locker room. Uh, said there's no change in his attitude. He just stopped caring for over a year. He carried NXT on his back, and what did it get him? Nothing. The NXT universe chose Mellow, and that's fine because he's still picking splinters out of his ass after he speared him through the set. Bricker tells Carmella Hayes that he's going to put Trick Williams in the same hospital that he put Hayes in tonight. Then we move on to a Dijak versus Dragunov match. And we get, uh, these guys are just, these guys have been beating the piss out of each other for yeah. the better part of a month, and I'm loving it. Uh, Dragunov with a leg pick trip and a big knee, chops in the corner, more chops, and Dijak goes down, bombs away, knee, drop. Dragunov goes up top, but tall Don uh, cuts him off and knocks him to the floor. Head out after a breather. Dijak throws him back inside for a cover. Then we get trading forearms in the middle of the ring. Yule goes for the, gets a head of steam going, knocking Dijak into the ropes. Knee gets an enziguri, and both guys are on their knees. Waist lock. Dijak breaks it, and then Dragunov out, going for the Constantine special, but he can't get a rebound. Kicks both guys down the mat. Dragunov draws up, but Dijak slips out. Slycone can't keep the, uh, the czar down. Donovan... Gets a chair, frustrated, and hammers Ilya with it, and Dragunov wins by disqualification. Post-match, Dijak continues to attack Dragunov, trapping him under the steel steps and climbing him on them to crush him. So, 
I, I'm enjoying this feud. I mean, these guys are just just mm-hmm. brawlers. Dijak uh, needs somebody to to kind of uh, help elevate him, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Dragunov is one of those guys. He's just it's he's biding time. I think I think we he'll, I don't think by by the end of the summer, but I think definitely by like maybe like Survivor Series, he's on the main roster. I think. Mm-hmm. And 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 there are, I have seen you know online some of the theories that I I actually thought of too was like get him up there make him that fourth member of Imperium because because Hunter loves him factions yep. so I think he would fit in well and then you know obviously you 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 then have the turn whether it's him or or Gunther and they resume their their NXT UK feud but uh, what are your thoughts on this match? Yeah, the history's there. They could play like they gained a respect for each other throughout that whole time. Um, yeah, I've definitely seen that one floated around uh, Twitter and the internet uh, for sure. So I think that's kind of likely maybe happens after SummerSlam Survivor Series, kind of like you said. Um, I, when they announced this match, I was really looking forward to it. Um, I, I think they weren't given a ton of time. I think like like we've said in the past, this is kind of a part one. Uh, Dijak obviously gets DQ'd by for using the chair. Um, so I think they'll definitely have a match. Uh, hopefully they have a match at Battleground in this given time, because uh, I think that they could put on a banger. It could be a match of the night uh, without them even really trying. I think I think these two guys could have an absolute classic with uh, uh, not not even necessarily putting in full effort, because that's how good both of these guys are and how well I think that their styles probably fit each other. Uh, but the stuff that they've been doing uh, lately, just beating the crap out of each other, um, has been really fun to watch. So I hope they get that uh, uh, PLE uh, stage at Battleground, uh, but we'll see. All right. So we get uh, Tyler Bates, Stephen, in the locker room when Wesley rolls up for a chat, knives him up, and they go to do the deal. Then we uh, we get back from commercial. We get a social media video from Danny Palmer. We're getting advice from Brooks and Jensen. And we get Tank and Hank also in there. Then we get Charlie Dempsey versus Tyler Bate trading uppercuts out of the gates. Bate with an exploder suplex and a standing shooting star press. And we get Fireman's Carry. Dempsey floats out of it. Tyler with a back elbow. Charlie gets a back gets a butterfly suplex into a bridge. Bate with a headlock. Working strikes in. Leg pick countered into a cover. Pinfall exchange, head scissors sends him flying, and both men are down and out. Trading uppercuts, Dempsey with an octopus hold. Tyler gets an airplane spin into a slam. Joe Gacy comes out to ringside to chat with Wesley. Tyler takes him out with a dive back inside. Bop and bang, Gulak on the apron. Gacy with a cheap shot. Dempsey takes advantage, and Charlie Dempsey wins by pinfall with a bridging dragon suplex. I mean, again, something something is, is not connecting with me and Charlie Dempsey. Tyler Bates, one of those guys that wins and losses don't really matter, I think, with him. And obviously, they're they're inserting uh, Gacy into the North American title picture here. So it kind of did what did its job, where he kind of where he cost Tyler Bates the match. There's there's definitely going to be a multi man match coming soon, which is kind of the hallmark of the North American title when it comes to uh, you know big events. Uh, what what are your thoughts on this match? It was good to see Charlie get a win. I feel like he hasn't picked up a ton of wins. I thought that uh, suplex that ended was gro- real, real gross because uh, Bate pretty much landed on his head and neck. Um, oh, but, yeah, uh, I saw that. Yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty nasty. Um, but, yeah, this was obviously to push forward this uh, North American thing, uh, North American title uh, program with Gacy, uh, and obviously Bate and uh, Lee will be involved as well. Uh, so, 
it, it was more storyline than match, but it was also good to see Charlie get a win. Um, but the match was fine. Nothing too super impressive. Uh, Bate did did some good work, and I think Charlie held up his end for the most part. Um, I, he, he definitely needs to build up uh, his uh, repertoire a little bit more and uh, get a little bit more experience, but I think he'll be a really good superstar uh, in the future um, going forward. Um, but, yeah, th- this was more storyline for sure. Mm-hmm. We get, uh, we get uh, Carmella Hayes leaving the barbershop. Uh, we get a Dragon Lee interview where he says, no, I'm Dara only cares about himself. Dara appears on the TV behind Lee, says he comes bearing gifts, and that he wants him to be the first uh, official guest in a relaunch of Supernova Sessions. Dragon accepts. Then we get a tag match with Briggs and Jensen versus Hank and Tank. We get uh, a pretty much <laughs> a fun uh, Hoss match here with, uh, you know, with Brooks, Briggs and Ledger, legal tag to Walker, and they get to work Josh over. Back suplex, gets Briggs some separation, tag to Brooks, whip in double shoulder block, standing slams, elbow drops, trading shots, whip across, big shoulder block from Hank. Stampeding Brooks into the corner, tag to Ledger, stinger splash, body slam, cover for two, Briggs whips Tank across, heart attack, Briggs and Jensen win by pinfall with the heart attack on Tank Ledger. Post-match, we get handshakes and sportsmanship all around. I thought this was fine. You know, gets these guys on TV with an established team. They uh, have similar styles, so I thought it fit. And you know, I don't I don't mind the sportsmanship matches uh, every so often, so I'm, I'm okay with this. Uh, what do you think on this? Yeah, this was uh, this was to get Briggs and Jensen a big win uh, as they're kind of reforming. Uh, I think Hank and Tank look pretty good. Uh, they have a good bit of energy, kind of like you said. They're kind of a new uh, heavy machinery. Uh, they kind of fit that mold. Um, they're obviously still new there. You haven't been teaming up for too long. Uh, but yeah, this was definitely a showcase for Briggs and Jensen. And I, but I thought it was a good Hoss match. They <coughs> beat each other up pretty good. And uh, I, I thought it was solid for what, what it was. All right. So we get a new edition of the hard-hitting home truce with Nathan Frazier talking about all the worldwide, worldwide talent NXT before moving on to covering Noam Dar's feud with Dragon Lee. Then we get another first-round match in the NXT Women's Championship Tournament with Keanu James versus Lyra Valkyria. Skip forward a little bit. We get Valkyria with a monkey flip, small package for two. James with a shoulder thrust in the corner, boot up. Lyra hits a missile dropkick, striking Valkyria with a a striking. Uh, Then we get a Northern Light suplex into the bridge for two. Keanu gets her up. Tenru powerbomb, not enough. Back suplex. Lyra lands on her feet. And Lyra wins by pinfall with a reverse roundhouse kick. That was hit okay. Um, <laughs> definitely see, you know, again, Kiana is fine. I, I didn't see her going past the first round anyway. I think Lyra is one of those that uh, immediately uh, is, is is in the uh, in the title picture and, and deservedly so. So I, I see her going pretty far in this tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think of the match? Yeah, you know, look, just looking at the brackets, uh going into the tournament you could see possibly maybe like four of the girls that probably aren't going to make it past the first round and the other other four are probably could be candidates to win the whole thing so um there's good balance of you know people who you don't really think are going to make it very far but also a good balance of you know you may not know who's going to be the person that ends up winning it you have your idea of maybe who it is but uh you don't know for sure uh because it's you know been chaotic with that belt lately it's been uh it's been held up uh, a couple of times uh you know they had the big ladder match um and you know roxanne finally ended um 
uh, Mandy Rose's uh, run, run after so long. Uh, but this match was fine. Uh, like you said, Lyra still didn't hit their kicks very well. And Kiana looked fine in this one. I don't think these girls have a ton of chemistry. I feel like they were kind of off on a couple things. Uh, definitely got better as it went as it was going on, kind of, kind of towards the end. Um, but uh, it was good to see Lyra win because I think she definitely has uh, the more immediate potential of these two. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, and we go to the bar where Gallus are toasting a successful title defense when the D'Angelo family roll up, talk some trash. Make a challenge for the title. And then Joe Coffey set to cut off baseball bat down the bar. Says things are a little different now that he's here and they need to walk on. Tony D insists that he's going to get the title match. Joe tells him to see himself out. The family are surrounded and Stax uses his discretion to get Tony to leave. Then we get uh, into our match. Braun Breaker versus Trick Williams. We get Colin Elbow. Breaker with a fireman's carry takeover into a wrist lock. Taking Williams down. Up kick. Break the lock. Drop kick in the corner. Stampede. Right hands and shoulder thrust. Braun throws a few punches, but Trick has his number and keeps up the pressure. Whip block, standing switch, O'Connor roll denied. Williams sends him into the floor with a couple of boots. We get Trick out to the floor, beating Braun down on the announce desk. Breaker with a back body drop, back inside, mounted punches. Another back body drop, big German suplex, another suplex for a near fall. Some push-ups for a good measure. Braun grabs a grounded Cobra twist, some action off the ropes, both men down out. Williams with a drop kick and a leaping lariat, fired up. Big lifting rock bottom, not enough. Braun gets the military press power slam and waits for Trick to get up, only to get Clockwood and Zagiri. Williams feeling it, discuss countered, the straps are down, Breaker puts him in it, and Braun wins by submission with the Steiner recliner. Braun, post-match, Braun locks the hold right back up on Trick until Carmelo Hayes makes the save. Lighting Breaker up with strikes, he goes for a springboard. Braun cuts him off midair with a spear into the injured ribs. Breaker holds the towel, drops it across Hayes' fallen body to close the show. Now, Obviously, you knew Braun was gonna was gonna win this match. I thought it was gonna be more of a squash than it ended up being. And Trick, this is the best I've seen Trick Williams look. I mean, he's one of those guys that I've not been high on yet, and and he impressed me in this match. So it was it was a much better match than it had any right to be, and it moved the whole Carmelo Hayes uh, Braun story forward. Braun as a you know, working heel, I I really I loved his the way he was going with his mannerisms, with the straps going down and kind of, you know, kind of saying, uh, you know, that's it. This is it. Uh, but I, I did, I did enjoy the way this show closed. What, what did you think? Yeah, I, th- I think tricks look super impressive the last couple of weeks that the promo, he kind of cut back and forth with uh, Braun was really good. And I definitely think this is the best he's looked in a match, uh, for sure. Um, yeah, he's really impressed me over the last couple of weeks. Uh, cause he's always just kind of been, you know, Carmelo's sidekick. He'd have a match here and there, and they'd be all right, but nothing too impressive. But I, I think him and Braun put on a pretty good show, a pretty good match here. Um, it definitely got Braun over as a killer. Um, he definitely still beat him pretty uh, impressively. Uh, and I, I love that he started using the Steiner recliner when he turned heel. Um, and he does it much better than his uncle ever, ever did it. Cause <laughs> his uncle just kind of sat up and just had hands around <laughs> the guy's mouth and that kind of just had their arms draped over his knees. So mm-hmm. um, he has it more wrenched in kind of sitting back on it. So um, yeah, definitely a devastating move for him. And it was good to have him lock it back in after the match was over to kind of draw Carmelo out. And then he just nails him with that spear in midair, which was an awesome spot. So um, definitely a good way to, wrap that one up all right so we move on to our final episode we're going to cover here which is the show from may 16th uh we start off with some promos for the 
the women's uh, title tournament, and we got our first match with Corey Jade versus Fallon Henley. Uh, we skip forward a little bit. We get Cora backing off in the corner side, step to the charge, big knee lift to the back, one for her in front as well, wrenching Fallon's leg over the ropes, delivering a knee drop to the back of the knee, cover for one, pressing the attack. Cora puts her in a heartbreak man's old modified figure four leg brock, posting around, cover only for two. Henley fights back, chops and forearms, big spin out, uppercut, big lariat, but Jade comes back with a dragon sleeper, underhooks. Fallon fights out, lands a shining wizard, but Cora to the floor, back inside. Jade catches her and with the win via pinfall. Post-match, Cora has a confrontation with her semifinals opponent, Lara Valkyria. So, like you just spoke about, yeah, like you saw the four women that you you know, you know thought had a chance for women that weren't going to far, and this match, uh, you know, held true to that. Cora Jade, obviously, we said we kind of don't know what's going on with her lately, but she did look good in this match. Fallon, I like. I like Fallon. She's one of those that is you know, still needs uh, quite a bit of seasoning. Her uh-huh. character, her character's coming along. Her in-ring is, is good, but she's just, uh, you know, she, she's not ready. She's uh-huh. not, uh, you know, not ready for prime time, so to speak. <laughs> so I thought it was, I thought it was fine. You know, I thought both ladies looked okay. And, and, uh, you know, looking forward to Cora versus Lyra, which have, they've been like, having a, an on and off feud for the last little while. So what'd you think? Yeah, this is definitely a better performance by uh, Cora here. Uh, and I think Henley's one of those, like, she's she's not ready, but she's, like, the first, like, she's, like, the number one not ready person. Like, yeah. she, she's the next to break into that, like, top top tier, I think. She's getting a lot better in the ring. I definitely think she's got the character down for sure. So uh, I think she's kind of on the precipice of breaking through to that, like, top uh, level of the, of the women's roster. So I think she's right there for sure. Um, yeah, the match was fine. It wasn't great or anything, but they also didn't get a ton of time. Um, but, yeah, I think it was a good good to put Cora over here. Uh, she's obviously kind of one of, one of the favorites uh, going into this, uh, one of the four that you could definitely see winning the whole thing. So, um, yeah, solid match. Yep, we get backstage Keanu James and Thea Hale bickering to set up a match later in the night. Tyler Bate and Wesley are steaming in the locker room when the Diet attack them. Uh, they only stop when Joe Gacy rolls up to tell them the charade of, of a friendship is based on lies. And back from commercial, we get Carmella Hayes and Trip Williams rolling up and telling Charlie Dempsey and Drew Gulak to get out of the way as they make their entrance. Carmelo gets on the mic, says that he's received Braun Breaker's message, and he's well aware that this isn't the same Braun from Stand and Deliver, but this isn't the same Carmelo either. At NXT Battleground, they're in his yard, and in his yard, we don't bark, we bite. So if Breaker is a big alpha dog, he'll come out here and face him like a real one. We get Charlie Dempsey and Drew Gulak coming out to uh, talk smack to them. And Hayes says this between them is the crowd's chant Willy Wonka for them because Charlie's wearing purple and looks a bit like Gene Wilder, you see, but mellow for him. <laughs> Trick proposes a tag match to solve both of their problems. Gulak makes a show of hemming and hoeing before attacking Hayes. And a brawl erupts. Mello dumps Drew out of the wing, out of the ring with a boot, and heels, the heels run away. So, you know, I I, I dug this. You know, we get because the uh, next PLE at Battleground is in Lowell, Massachusetts. Bunch of uh, PTBN uh, people will be going there to represent all the, uh, you know, whole bunch of people. So it's going to be a good show for them. I uh, hope they all have a good time. But I thought this was fine. I mean, you know, you need uh, to give uh, Hayes and Trick uh, a little workout here and Dempsey and Gulak kind of coming in being shit stirrers. It works here. 
and uh, I'm looking forward to this tag match. What do you think? Yeah, this is a definitely solid tag match little setup here, and uh, obviously, you know, like I was saying in the previous episode, this kind of gives Gulak and Dempsey a stage to maybe show uh, what they're worth and you know how good that they actually are. Uh, putting him in there with the champion and his, uh, you know, his partner, his buddy. Uh, so yeah, definitely a big stage for them. Um, it is cool that uh, Melo's first defense is, is in, or one of his first defenses, uh, big defenses on a PLE, is in his, uh, kind of in his home area. I don't know if he's necessarily from Lowell exactly, but he's somewhere from the area. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is really cool for them. So, yeah, cool little segment. Um, like I said, it elevates Dempsey and Gulak immediately, putting them in there with the champion. So, um, was definitely excited to check out this tag, tag match uh, later in the episode. All right, so we get uh, Dragunov interrupting Dijek during the vignette to continue on their feud. We get the uh, the Krees making uh, their entrance, and we go to break. Back from commercial, we get footage of Danny Palmer being attacked. Then we go to our, our next match, which is the Creed Brothers versus the Dyad. We're going to uh, skip forward a little bit into the uh, match. Well, they're, they're a long write-up, so, you know, when they want to keep a, keep the show moving, you know what I mean? So, yeah. <laughs> uh, Reed, Reed has a sleeper hold on Julius. See, it's sent on, cuts him off. Forearm into the corner, snap mare, and a knee to the back sets up a reverse chin lock. Suplex for separation. Fowler tags in, tries to cut Creed off, but he tags his brother in. Brutus with axe handles, clubbing blows. Corner Larry into a marching fallaway slam. Double pin attempt off a bridging northern light suplex, but it's good for two. Off the ropes, Brutus with a pounce. Shrugging off strikes from Fowler, trading right hand. Somehow we end up with a stereo 450 splashes from Julius and Jagger as the match breaks down. Big knee gets a super super kick. Larry from Creed. Powerbomb reversed into a snap suplex. Ivy now takes down Ava Rain outside. Brutus with a Brutus bomb on Rip. Cartwheel DDT from Julius on Jagger. And the Creed brothers win by pinfall with falling Larry from Julius on Jagger. I really dug this match i love the spot where you had julius and i think it was jagger both looking across the ring at each other and they both did splashes onto their uh their other you know their person they're looking opposite that partner mm-hmm. but yeah i like this like the crees are still hanging around the title picture and i'm looking forward to to what else we have to come in this uh this, ta- this tech division has been really good i said, said something earlier but it's been really good so far the way they're booking it the matches have been solid i'm really enjoying this uh, what do you think yeah and they all seem to have a ton of chemistry with each other mm-hmm. um like again the dyad bust their asses in this one so it's good to see uh them still having some motivation um but you know this was all about the creeds winning and uh establishing themselves as maybe number one contenders to gallus going into battleground um, but yeah, just another great match. I don't think the creeds are capable of not having a good match. Uh, all of their matches are going to at least be good. Um, if not great, which I think this one was, this was fantastic. Uh, very hard hitting, um, a ton of big spots. It was, it was fast. There wasn't a ton of gaps in the action. So just really, really, really good TV match. This is this and that, uh, McDonough, uh, Lee match or uh, up there is some of the best TV matches we've seen throughout our run on this pod so far. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. The Creeds, you know, too, the Creeds are so ready, but we don't, I, I, I don't want them to go yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm glad that they're hanging around because they were, they were, uh, there was talk of the Creeds going up, right? Yeah, yeah, because they were, they were thinking about, you know, splitting up Otis and Gable and kind of giving, you know, Gable kind of a team angle kind of situation and giving him giving him the creeds kind of pushing him up a card a little bit more, which I wouldn't I wouldn't hate, but 
you know, I'm glad the Crees are still here in this uh, this thing, this uh, this tag division because you got between them, you got you know these two teams, Gallus, you got the family. It's it's really solid right now. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing uh, you know where it's going to end up. So then we go to a uh, a video of Tony D and Channing Stacks Lorenzo dining at an Italian restaurant when Paulie calls. Uh, everybody knows Paulie, right? Uh, Stacks <laughs> needs to go talk to him. Not for nothing, you know what I mean. And Tony's proud. Of, I got you know, like my my New York East starts coming out when I talk about Tony D. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> He's proud from handling business. Some some cops roll up, ask him to come down to the station for investigation when some criminal acts he's been associated with. He leaves them <laughs> under some protests. Stack returns and is upset about the situation. So we got more story moving forward. Lord knows where this is going to end up. Uh, so then we get, uh, you know, the Creeds get on headset and officially challenge Gallus for a battleground. We saw Noam Dar backstage smiling like a loon carrying his heritage cup. We go break. <laughs> what do you think of the uh, the movement forward here of the uh, the Tony D and uh, Stax thing? What, what's going on here with Tony uh, kind of getting pinched? I keep thinking they're going to add a guy to this uh, crew. Um, maybe maybe a bigger guy, kind of a bruiser, kind of a heavy for for them to kind of take out some people that may mess with them. Uh, but they keep not doing it, so I'm not sure. But uh, we'll see. Hopefully they get another tag title match uh, soon because uh, they, they've really done a lot of good lately and uh, have definitely earned it. Uh, I think we'll see Gallus and the Creeds face each other, obviously, at Battleground, but... Uh, maybe the family gets the next shot. Do you think the family needs a woman added to them? Uh, that could be cool. Uh, yeah. I, I I don't know who could possibly play the role, but that definitely could be a, a, a addition that they could use for sure. Yeah, there you go. All right, cool. So then we get uh we get our Noam Dar Supernova Sessions, which I never saw any of these on NXT UK. I mean, uh, it's you know his dress is his guest is is Dragon Lee. Basically, it's the same old like kind of talk show. We get Nathan Frazier here. The the one thing that I uh, I popped for, which I don't think got over with the crowd that much, was that um, you know no Frazier says if Noam Dar loses the title, he can give Alicia Fox a call and see if she'll mm-hmm. take him back. I popped for mm-hmm. that. I, I I didn't. I don't think it got over, but um, I thought it was fine. It was like another you know the the Grayson Waller effect is is obviously going to be gone. So mm-hmm. they need to kind of bring in another talk spot. I mean, it did its job, right? Mm-hmm. You, get, yeah. uh, you know, because we're going to have some some good uh, some cruiserweight uh, or 205 live type matches here. So I'm looking forward to this. Uh, any thoughts on this uh, this talk show? Yeah, this was obviously to set uh, Lee and Dara up for a Heritage Cut match. At, I think it's going to be at Battleground. It might just be on TV, but we'll see uh, as, as we move more forward towards battleground on our next episode and actually talk about battleground as well. Um, but yeah, the, you know, the, the, these segments on NXT UK were pretty much the same. It's just him quote unquote interviewing the person and pretty much cutting them off the whole time. And kind of just anytime they get started talking, uh, he pretty much insults them and just kind of doesn't want to hear what they have to say the whole time. So yeah, solid little segment set up what it needed to, but uh, nothing blow away for sure. All right. We get a JC Jane interview talking about, uh, how she's going to beat up, uh, beat Roxanne and move on to the semis where she wanted to fight Gigi, but she just proved she was a failure by losing. Then we get our tag match, Carmella Hayes and Trick Williams versus Charlie Dempsey and Drew Gulak. Uh, we'll fast forward a little bit with Drew with a double wrist lock into the corner, tag to Charlie. 
Back and forth, Dempsey with a half crab, reverse into an arm ringer, tag to Trick, Gulak with a cheap shot, quick tags, working Williams over, eventually Trick makes the tag, Mello and Howard elbows, ducks a lariat, super kick sends Drew over for a tag, springboard forearm sends Dempsey flying, whip reverse into a pump handle spine buster, Gulak in, back suplex, lands on his feet, tag to Williams, big lariat, circling around, grabbing Charlie, uppercut, cyclone kill, tag to Hayes, Carmella Hayes and Trick Williams, win by pinfall with nothing from net. Nothing but net from Hayes on Charlie Dempsey. Post-match, Carmelo calls Braun out. Braun appears in the Tron, asks Hayes how his wrist feels, and says he's going to have to wait a little longer because he made a pit stop on his way to the arena. We pull back, see him in the barbershop, and nobody's happy about it. He says he figured he'd go get a fresh cup before he finishes what he started last week. I thought this was a fine tag match. I mean, the champ always looks great. Uh, Gulak and Dempsey played their part. And, and Trick is continuing to uh, improve each week. Um, what did you think of the match? Yeah, this this was one that um, didn't didn't get a ton of time. Uh, I would have liked to see what they could have done with like a, maybe four or five more minutes. But uh, I, I think, like you said, uh, Dempsey Gulek played their role, and Carmelo always looks awesome. So, um, th- yeah, definitely a solid match. Um, I, I'd like to see maybe a longer rematch in the future because I think it could be a, a little bit better. Um, but yeah, Braun being an asshole, stopping at their favorite uh, barbershop before before the big match at uh, Battleground was a, a good little heel spot for him as well. Yep. So we get uh, Thea Hale rolling up to get Duke Hudson to come to ringside for her match, and he's confused at first before going along with it. Then we come back from commercial. We see Noam Dar running into Lash Legend and Miss Jackson and asks Lash who watched the show. She said, I have all these talk shows. There's only one that she cares about, and that is Lashing Out. And we move on to our Kiana James versus Thea Hale match. Thea with a waist lock takedown early, running on James's back. Kiana fires back with a mat slam, goes for her uh, bag, but Thea rolls, gets a roll up for two, whipped to the corner, up and over, arm drags from Hale, whipped into the corner, big uh, back body drop. Thea dives on her, back inside, diving splash, but nobody's home. James grounding her with a waist lock, mat slam, stomp to the midsection. Thea back on her feet with a charging elbow, snap suplex, springboard senton, back body drop, puts her on the apron. Hale up, diving crossbody, and misses. James catches her, and she ends up winning by pinfall. I, I like Thea. She's young. She's She's got her, her kind of uh, her pit bull kind of character, like her, her, her you know, her kind of all over the place. And Keanu mm-hmm. James needed the singles win, so I'm fine with it. And, and Duke obviously was uh, over there, like, you know, grading papers, not really paying attention. So um, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, well, I was like, Thea Hale is basically a human pinball. She just bounces all over the place <laughs> and is uh, crazy and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I thought these girls worked real well together. They seem to have some kind of chemistry. They're both young and green in the business, I think, uh, but they, they worked well together. Um, they're obviously not, uh, it, neither of them are great yet, uh, but I think they will be, uh, eventually, uh, especially Thea. I think she has a real good chance to be a really good baby face in the future. Uh, she obviously needs to get some more experience under, under her wings, but, um, I, I think she's definitely impressed so far. Um, and like, like we've said about Kiana a couple of times, she's a good hand in the ring. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I definitely think they had a good chemistry here and this was a solid match. All right, so we get Hank and Tank walking backstage, looking at Tank's busted tooth when Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs rolls up. Briggs says he likes the way they work and they should hang out later. We get Ledger telling Walker that they need to be close like mashed potatoes and gravy, and to do that, they should have a hoss fight and push each other to the limits in a bonding experience. Hank is in, and it's official. 
We got Wesley in the inter- interview in the trans room while Tyler Bate gets checked on. Says he's going to say what he has to say in the ring, and we go to break. Then we get a Davocado promo where he puts the locker room on notice. And backstage, we're two guys we haven't seen at all with Inofe and Blade and Axiom and Eddie Thorpe are hanging out talking about the vignette. Axiom says he enjoys the challenge of climbing mountains, so setting up a match for the following week. We get Wes making an entrance, and he gets on the mic. Says he wanted to address everyone after his match with Tyler Bate against the schism. But that has been called off. He's gotten better about controlling his anger, but attack him and his mans for no reason, and you're going to piss him off. Joe Gacy and his goon squad preach friendship and unity, but they're not friends, they're sheep, and if Joe wanted to shot, all he had to do was ask. Gacy appears on the stage with Ava Rain, says he's never been dishonest about what he wants. He said he'll openly say it now. He wants the North American Championship. Ava says with every win, he inches closer to being the greatest North American champion in NXT history. But what that does is makes make Joe, when he takes the title from him, Gacy asks for a title shot, and Ava tries to sow doubt and Wes about Tyler's friendship. Enter Tyler Bate. He's had enough for this high school name-calling rubbish. He doesn't know what Joe's problem is with him, but he's had a receipt covering, and if it comes at battleground, so be it. Wes acts like Joe's going to have two matches in one night, and Tyler stops him, saying they're friends, but he'd be lying if he'd say he didn't want a title match. Gacy tries to gloat about being right, but Wes tells him to shut up. Lee turns to Bate and asks off mic why he didn't say anything sooner. Tyler apologizes for not saying anything sooner and wanted this to be strictly in the spirit of competition, not become in their friendship. Joe asks Lee, how's it going to be? And Wes says he'll take the triple threat. He tells Bate he thought he could trust him, and he leaves. So I'm really liking the setup. Wesley has grown so much uh, in the last, uh, you know, nine months or so, I guess, to a year. Uh, insert, you know, him and this Tyler, you know, thing, you know, that this is where it was going to head with them. And inserting Gacy into it could be a way for Gacy to steal the belt. Uh, so what do you what do you think on this, uh, this setup for the uh, match at Battleground? Yeah, I definitely think this is a good setup. Um, putting Bate and uh, Wesley in the same match is going to be uh, awesome, awesome to see. Um, that they'll they'll pull out some great stuff together. And Gacy, I think, fits into this match as well. Fits in with those two guys. I think uh, it'll be a real high impact, real, real high flying match uh, between all these three guys. So definitely looking forward to the match. Um, yeah, like you said, Wesley has grown leaps and bounds since uh, his uh, tag team partner had his unfortunate uh, firing. Uh, but he, he has become one of the best parts of uh, TV every week. So um, he's, de- you know, I mean, he's still probably not the best on the mic, but he's his, his in-ring stuff is uh, top notch. Uh, he's probably one of the best on the on the roster. But um, is but even still, his promo skills have come leaps and bounds since then. So, yeah, he's he's one of the, he's one of the best uh, that they got. So. They need to keep him around and keep him happy. <laughs> I, I don't feel so bad for Nash Carter because he's dating uh, your, your beloved Gigi. Uh, so oh, yeah. Life. Good boy. Good boy. Yeah, good for him, right? So, I mean, I see this being our, our – this could be our opener for Battleground. I oh, think. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. So, back from commercial, Von Wagner's walking backstage with some women when he runs into a dude who's picking on Robert Stone, shakes him up against the ladder, runs away. Stone asks if he just stood up for him. Vaughn says Robert's the only one who's been there for him. Stone says he's always seen the potential in him and asks if he's ready to talk about the picture of him as a messed up baby, but Vaughn's not having it. Then we move on to our... I love that it keeps describing as a messed up baby. A messed up baby. That baby is messed up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, So we get our our final uh, first round, right? This is our final first round NXT Championship uh, Women's Tournament match. Mm -hmm. JC Jane versus Roxanne Perez. 
Fast forwarding a little bit, Jane goes for a cannonball, but Perez sidesteps and says they're crashing into the turnbuckle. Fired up, trading forearms, drop kick into a kip up, suicide dive on the floor, and Roxanne is running hot. Back inside, cross body into a pump kick, side Russian leg sweep. JC blocks a kick, knee to the midsection, shaking off pop rocks, discus hilarious. Again, alarm clock off the ropes. Roxanne sidesteps the cyclone kick and ends up hitting pinfall, getting the pinfall by hitting pop rocks. I thought this was fine. I think JC has really, you know, been improving and, you know, has gotten busted open a couple of times in some matches, <laughs> show, showing her toughness. You know, for she was always, to me, you know, Gigi, I guess, because of her, her look and her presence was kind of always, you know, the one that you kind of drew your attention in. But JC has really been solid in the ring. And I do love the ending of this, how you think uh, it's about to go one way and then, and then you know, Roxanne just hits the pop rocks pretty much at, almost out of nowhere. Uh-huh. Uh, I, that is still one of my all-time, the Sunset Powerbomb is still one of my favorite moves of all time. Uh, what did you think of the match? Because there, there's a little bit more, actually, sorry. Tiffany Stratton comes to ringside to square up with Roxanne over the championship, and then Gigi attacks Jay-Z, and they roll around ringside. All right, now you can give us your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this one could have been a little bit better, but I think it was solid for what it was. Um, Roxanne's uh, one of the best that they got, obviously. And like you said, JC's uh, improving. I think she's been more impressive than Gigi since the, since the breakup. Like I said, their their matches haven't been uh, – their matches have been pretty disappointing so far, but um, I, I kind of blame that more on Gigi. I think she's kind of unmotivated for whatever reason. I don't know why, uh, but JC, I think, has brought her into things. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, but I, I think this match could have been a little better. Uh, uh, I think they were a little clunky in some spots, but um, for the most part, I think they did a pretty good job. All right. So we get Carmella Hayes and Trick Williams making their entrance. Hayes says they'll stay here until they turn the lights off. They have to. And then we go to break. We come back. We return to Dragunov's consensual torture at the hands of Dijak. Dijak said he'd break any man and stands up. Nice stick in hand. Ilya says he's still standing. And Dijak sneers at him. Commentary hypes up next week's show. And we get, you know, Hayes and Trick waiting. And Braun Breaker shows up with an army of security in tow. We get Braun say he didn't bring them out here for him. He brought them out here to protect them from him. Because if they weren't here, there'd be no match at Battleground. They go back and forth. Hayes says Breaker only has himself to blame. He thought he was untouchable until he got touched. And at Battleground, he's not taking Mellis' title. Braun says they fight for two different reasons, and the NXT Championship isn't what interests him anymore. It's destroying Hayes in front of his family and friends, leaving them crying about their hero. Carmella says they're in this match together because they're cut different, but that's all it is. Braun says he's going to make Mello realize that he's not him. He's nothing, and there's nothing to do about it. Of course, Brawl breaks out. Security is less effective than tissue paper and keeping them apart <laughs> in the ring. Uh, Melo nails Braun with a kick to the gentleman's area, and they both end up down and out to end our show to build up for Battleground. So what do you think? Because uh, uh, obviously Battleground is going to take place before our next recording. So what do you think on uh, how they built this uh, rematch up, and, and what do you think the uh, end result will be? Yeah, I think this is a great final little uh, push to that because I think this week's uh, this the one that's happening while we're recording tonight. Um, I think that ma- I think that episode will be more around the women's tournament because they have, have to do both semifinals. So um, this is a good final push to this match. Uh, there's a ton of p- personal 
uh, animosity in this one. Uh, you know, Braun mentions that he wants to embarrass uh, Hayes in front of his fans, in front of his family, uh, in his hometown. Uh, just, you know, I feel like that was really good heel work by him. And, uh, you know, you want to see Hayes, uh, you know, get that accomplishment in his hometown uh, and, and, you know, achieve that uh, in front of his uh, family and friends. So, um, yeah, definitely a really good push, uh, final push to that, that match uh, that will happen at Battleground. So, um, definitely a match I'm looking forward to. Like I said, at the stand and deliver match, I felt like they didn't quite go to the level that I think they can. So hopefully in this match, they'll go all out and it'll be a, you know, a classic, like I think it can be. Yeah, I think so too. And there's going to be a clear, you know, reversal yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. of, uh, of, uh, you know, because Mello, you know, he, he was the heel, but he wasn't really necessarily received as a heel here. Definitely Braun Braun's going to get booed out of that building. Mm-hmm. I think, especially, uh, you know, with Hayes being from the area. So I, I think it's going to be fun. I think Carmelo's going to, uh, retain. I don't see him dropping it that quickly, but I don't even, I couldn't even tell you though, who he probably could yeah, drop it to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was I mean, say, only- it'll be interesting to see who he goes, who goes after him after this. Cause you just lost probably, I mean, breaker probably ain't going to hang around forever. So um, it'll be interesting to see who they kind of push up to face him after after this. Yeah, because, uh, you know, I think the, the other two you had uh, there was McDonough and, and Waller, I think. Mm-hmm. And they're both uh, called up. So speaking of that, let's talk about the, the draft quickly before we uh, we call it a night here. So any any uh, thoughts, surprises that you saw? Any, you know, obviously this 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 kind of free agent thing mm-hmm. uh, is a little baffling to me. Uh, obviously, uh, we got a couple, uh, three of them, right? There were three free agents uh, from NXT. Uh, I know Zion and uh, Vaughn, but I can't think of what the is other. O- is Odyssey Jones a free agent? Or was he drafted? No, he was on. He got drafted to Raw. Yeah, Odyssey Jones. I was like, what? yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. That that blew my mind. Like, what is happening here? Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, he he hasn't. I mean, he's been getting squashed on on NXT TV, and you know, maybe he's. Getting put over on uh, level up a good bit, but yeah, that one that one really blew my mind. Um, obviously, kind of like we talked about earlier, I was kind of surprised that you know uh, we had that well, women's tag match, and on one of the episodes, I was surprised both teams went up. So um, that that was that was a little bit surprising, but yeah, Odyssey Jones and Zion Quinn, who's never on NXT TV, him going up was just like, and especially him being one of those free agents, like other than Brock. And I, well, I think Omos is a free agent as well. But I, I think other than I think those two are are going to be used as like okay, they fit here. We're going to have them beat this guy here and have a feud and stuff like that. But yeah, it gives them flexibility. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But these other free agent guys that are like jobbers, pretty much, are just going to be like, hey, who do we need to get squashed over here? Who you know make the new make a new superstar look good? They're they're going to send. You know Zion Quinn over here to let something, what some new superstar or somebody they're trying to build up, like really crush them real quick. Uh, so, uh, I mean, Ali is a, a free agent, and they uh, seem to um, they seem to have have him being pushed uh, at forward. So maybe it, maybe it'll be a little bit more exciting than I think. But yeah, I'm kind of down on the free agent thing as well. Yeah, it's kind of weird. So uh, no no real surprises other than that, right? You know, we knew Pretty Deadly was going up. We knew uh, Wall- Waller was – we were on the fence on Waller, right? Mm-hmm. We, we yeah, thought yeah. he could go up. Uh, 
you know, JD going up was obvious. Hopefully, uh, you know, he there's rumors of him joining the Judgment Day, which I think will be really good for him. And I think good for the faction. Uh, yeah. am, I, am I missing anybody else? Uh, Indy, you know, we already talked to Indy a little bit. I uh, like seeing her reunite with the way. Um, Zoe, de- Zoe definitely deserved to go up, but I, I could have seen her staying as well. But that one's that was a good one. Yeah. Um, Cameron Grimes, we haven't seen in a while. It was, you know, they, I think they just kind of tried to find the best time uh, to kind of push him up, and this was as good a time as any. So. Yeah. So yeah, other than that, uh, you know, maybe we'll see some more call ups. We didn't see anybody come down, but that, you know, kind of just happens. Uh, Indusheer also went up. I think Indusheer is going to get pushed pretty big up there. Yeah, they went to Raw, correct? Yeah, they went yeah, to so, Raw. Mm, so, yeah, I think they could get a uh, push for sure. Yeah. With Especially they have that, uh, in, they, they announced a uh, possible pay-per-view in India in, like, September. So um, they could definitely get pushed big uh, around that. And Veer got his last name back. Aha! Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah, it's happening, man. That's a thing. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, any stock up and stock downs you want to uh, make mention of? Um, I, I mean, j- just the usual suspects. I feel like uh, Damon Kemp's probably a stock down. He he really kind of stunk throughout the whole uh, build to this uh, through this uh, a couple of episodes. Um, yeah, scripts. Uh, Gigi Dolan. I feel like I would have stock. Yeah. Down. She's she's been pretty mad lately. So. Um, but Braun and I mean I don't, I don't know if their stock can go much higher than it is, but Braun and Carmelo have been great lately. The whole tag division, I would say, has uh, really risen up. So, um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Very good. Yeah. We and we see some uh, some new faces, some up and coming. So it's going to be a very exciting time. Mm-hmm. All right. But before we go, uh, Logan, are there any other shows or podcasts or YouTube's that you've appeared on lately or have coming up that you'd like to point the good people to? Yeah, I'll, I'll actually plug a YouTube thing. I, I just did uh, the preview for uh, Bianca Belair and Oscar for Night of Champions with Ryan. That he does the, you know, he does like a match mm-hmm. a day for the pay per view previews uh, uh, for uh, clotheslines and headlines on the YouTube channel for North South Connection. So I, I definitely did that recently. Um, uh, YouTube Roulette, Chicken Salad, uh, Highway to the Impact Zone, Starflation. Uh, those are all the all shows that I do on the. Uh, Place of Nation Wrestling Feed, uh, Seven Months of Danger uh, as a uh, wrestling pod about the Dangerous Alliance that I do on the North-South Connection. And then Talking Docs is a newer uh, pod that I do with Jenny and uh, Roger talking about documentaries. So you can hear me on a bunch of things. Uh, check, check them all out. Check every, everything out on all the feeds. Uh, everybody's doing great stuff, so checking everything out. When are you going to do Super Size Me? <laughs> oh, God. We'll see. We're working on yeah. cults right now. Uh, whenever we uh, switch to our new thing, I may I may plug that. We'll see. <laughs> nice. Very cool. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, check that out. Uh, as for me, you know, I pop up here on the Wrestling Network once a month with Logan as part of this show. I have some other shows that are dormant at the moment. Who knows? Maybe they'll come back one day. Maybe they won't. But my primary home is on the PlayStation Pop Experience. I am part of the regular rotation for the video jukebox song of the day that drops uh, every weekday. It's just a really quick pod blast of a live watch of a music video to get your day going. And then my usual uh, your shows, I have the Pop Goes the Classics. I do with Miranda and Steve, where we're going through the whole Disney uh, animated features. Our next episode will be about Fantasia 2000. 
Miranda and I just dropped our latest uh, episode of the most sensational, inspirational, celebrational, Muppetational podcast, where we started season two of The Muppet Show, covering four episodes. So looking forward to uh, getting through that season. Really enjoyed those four episodes. Uh, my memory is starting to come back a little bit more of, of my favorite show as a child. So really um, loving doing that. And then my live watch uh, pods uh, are dropping, uh, you know, here and there with Pop Goes. The classics again as my Pixar rewatch, which I do on Stream Lounge about usually every other Wednesday. And Logan has been on there with me, and Logan will be back with me um, the day after this pod drops. So this pod is dropping on May 30th. On May 31st, him and I will be watching Coco at 9 p.m. Eastern Time on Stream Lounge. So come by and watch along with us. And if you can't, Make it there. It'll be up there. Or if you choose just to want to listen in pod form, it will be released down the line on the pop experience and cartoons of our youth. Uh, latest episode with James Gruenberg. Uh, we watched uh, Recess, which I've actually never had seen before. didn't know much about and had a great time watching it with And it's so much fun doing that show. We'll get Logan on there at some point to talk about one of his favorite cartoons. You know, we'll uh, ask him, put him on the spot now to tell us what that is. <laughs> But as always, a great month. So next month, we will be breaking down a month of TV, including the PLE, which is NXT Battleground. And we'll see uh, how the brand takes shapes after that. So for Logan Crosland, I am Andy Atherton. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Who's Next? And we'll check you out on our next episode. Take care. <laughs> <laughs>